cool. join. Wow, that's Craig saying. Oh, that's that's Craig. That's how you uh, record this. That's yeah. Cool. That's cool. Okay, and now I'm not blowing up my inputs on my interface or whatever. All right, cool. We're uh, podcasting again. Like uh, both of us uh, just did uh, a podcast not long ago. Yours is not even out yet. Minus. Yeah, that's why I'm excited. If like we have audio issues with this one and need to edit or something, we there's like a saw. I don't think Kent's putting it up for another week or so, just because yours is up, you know. And then so we have like two weeks buffer time. Well, I think that's a bit much. I mean, he, I think he was gonna put it out soon, but I I don't know. I don't know. But um, it's fun podcasting. I must say, it's like very nice to talk about gear, and I think it's also very good for the people in my surroundings because they are not that interested you know like uh, <laughs> i know exactly what you mean it's kind of like there's a really crazy analogy but the people that have to take like the horse semen right so they have to like the thing, it's <laughs> the, the horse has to get the energy out and i mean it's for breeding but you have to exercise these demons <laughs> so you don't alienate everybody in your life yeah I, i'm usually quite good at it but like i got the tr606 yesterday and we were sitting at this burger place, and I was explaining, like, the relevance of the TR-808 and the TR-909 to, like, uh, my girlfriend. And, like, it was, a, it, like, I could see myself, like, as an out-of-body experience sitting <laughs> at this, like, McDonald's clone that we have in Sweden, explaining, like, these drum machines <laughs> To my girlfriend, who's not very interested, but uh, she was very like she was she was listening. She's great, but um, uh, it's it's good it's good to actually talk about with 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 people, you know. And the drum machine is amazing, by the way. They're they're interested that you're interested. My my best friend yeah. is similar. When he gets uh when he gets drunk, and I start like, I kind of use that as my chance to you know, pontificate about gear, but he doesn't, you know, have anything to contribute. He'll just go like, you're so fucking talented. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> I just, right. you just have this talent that I don't have. And it's just like, no, 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 no. I, I really don't. I just know more about something. So it seems that way. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, even, even my friends, like I have friends who are extremely musically talented great songwriters and guitar players and whatnot and they just don't care about gear like when we were in um, i was playing in a in like a stoner band uh, a couple of years ago with one of my best friends and they had two amps in the rehearsal space one of them was an orange or80 like from the 70s or whatever like it was a you know this dream amp and the other one was like this shitty 90s solid state thing that I think you could buy for like 30 euros, but it was like a full stack. Whereas the yeah. 80 was a, a combo. And I was like getting on my knees amplifying this <laughs> or worshipping this amplifier. But, and like everyone else didn't care. Like they just thought it was cool to play on a stack, you know? I was like, <laughs> no, you guys are wrong. But, um... It's so. You were worshipping the... Which one? I, I lost that for a second. Not the audio. I just got confused because I'm... Like I'm the done. orange OR80? <laughs> yeah. You know the, the, the one that says overdrive on it? 
Oh, is it a crush technically or no? No, that's like vintage orange on. Oh, like, so so I get it. It just like completely went over their head. They're using this legendary amp, and they're like, "No, it's a big amp." Big. Yeah, exactly. Like we're playing on this JJ Lab solid state thing. It has built-in effects, motherfucker. Like, are you stupid? And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, that <laughs> that's amp's hilarious." Yeah, that, that amp is. Yeah, I don't know why they had that amp in that like rehearsal space, but I guess like some. Some person was into amps and like found it cheap or something. I don't know. I really don't know the story, but I should have stolen it. I think I'm getting to the point where I prefer gear stories than actual gear. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see and, that. And even with since, it this happened to me maybe a year or so ago where I realized, oh, some of these are and this is like going to be like sacrilege to the, you know, the gear centric culture that I'm certainly a part of. I'm not saying that to like put anyone down, but that's how we know each other. I mean, I, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, and I said this on the last podcast, the amount of friends I've made on a stupid forum dedicated to stupid pedals. I don't even need is remarkable. <laughs> yeah. Same. Yeah. I don't really, but yeah. Point being like, I, I realized I'm like, so this is going to be the sacrilege I'm reading about. Amp, uh, synths on VintageSynth.com and doing the whole thing like, oh, money was no object. I would sure get that. But then I realized, I'm like, I think I just like reading about this shit. I don't even think <laughs> I like playing it as much right? anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, some of this is like very impractical. And like, like when, especially with synths, like you have to be good at keys. Like once you go vintage enough, you actually need to know the instrument. Like I'm sitting here next to an analog four. I don't really need to know how to play it. It sounds amazing regardless. But if I was sitting with like an old Juno or something with like shitty MIDI implementation and like just all of that shit, like the instrument would only sound as good as I could play it, which is great. Not because I can play it great, but like it would sound good like doing droney pads or whatever. Actually, this was going to be the one case, not to be pedantic, but that's yeah. like the, you happen to cite the one synth yeah, that yeah, I yeah. think no matter what you do, it's going to sound good. And yeah, that's, that's the Juno. The thing, yeah. But the, say the like, MC202 uh, or, or something. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. You actually do have to. Um, Wait, no, that's a programmable synth also. You can trial an error your way through. I was actually going along with it because uh, I, I only get mm. one chance to be pedantic per contest. But so I was that's just not, going, ah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, but that's that's like a I guess analog four of the eighties or something. I don't know. I'm not yeah. actually that good at if I think I just was a guitar player before I was a synth player and like I know less about it. But I know so, too much about it still. I mean. Well, you're at least multilingual. Here I am, like the stereotypical American. I, I barely speak English well, and it's the only language I know. And I have all this stupid synth knowledge occupying my brain instead of something useful. <laughs> right. But that's the same with me. Like, it's still occupying useful space. And I'm, I'm only multilingual by, like, chance, right? Like, <laughs> it's not like Americans 
do usually say that like oh we're stupid americans and also europeans usually say like americans only speak one language but like deep down we all know that it's because if you are in sweden and you only speak swedish like that's on you like you were given every possibility to speak english at least you know and but i also grew up in the united states like some years oh really what was a uh, where, where in particular and how if you don't mind me asking um no we moved around a lot when i was a kid um because i'm also half dutch so i suppose i speak dutch as well but again like by chance like i didn't i didn't choose and no almost nobody would choose to speak dutch i, I think <laughs> uh, but um and then we moved to paris and then when i was three we moved to connecticut my dad worked in New York, so yeah. So you and I were neighbors. I, I didn't grow up in Canada. I, you know, tri-state area though. I was Jersey. Yeah. So, and, and, I mean, right. you lived close enough to commute to New York City, which is our commuting town. You know, most uh, people of right. where I grew up, the, the parents worked in New York City in some capacity because the finance, one of the finance capitals of the world, as we know. So exactly, yeah, um, yeah. So we were. I had no idea. No, That's... yeah, well, I, I guess why would you? But like, um, <laughs> well, I moved away when I was six. But I think language wise, those are quite formative years, like three to six. Like my first Swedish was with a heavy American accent. But luckily it was early enough for me to get rid of it. But um... you and Vidrit, you're. Your English abilities always impressed me. I listened to a, a, a separate podcast with him on it. Yeah. And, like, you feasibly sound like somebody I could have, I went to high school with. And, and, so, does, and so does him, you know? Like, I, yeah, yeah, I, would, yeah. I would have, and Dowie, who you just did the podcast with, was kind of doubting his language. I was like, bro. <laughs> like, the yeah. only reason I knew you were Italian was because of the rhythm. Like, as far as English goes and an accent mm. goes, you were perfect. Right. Right. Yeah. No, but like, um, I think that's just it, in Italy, it's totally different uh, than Sweden, where you are so much more forced to learn English, like whether you like it or not, if you want to partake in culture, if you want to do the things that like normal people do, like English, you're going to have to learn it. Like it's equally from school. But I didn't learn French in school, you know, like I, I had it for six years and my French is shit. But but like just being online or being like in contact with culture, you, you're learning English all the time. Like people are bad in, in Sweden are, are usually fluent in English still. Whereas in Italy, everything is still in Italian. Like your culture that you're going to be engaging with is going to be in Italian and everything is different. So much more props to Dawi for, for his English speaking abilities than like to mine in Italy. It means something, you know? Yeah. You and Kent, because it's almost yeah. similar. It just sounds like, it just sounds like you guys are shy people. That's it. Like I would have no idea you were foreign. Like there's no accent, but there there certainly is like a rhythm to the way you guys speak, and it's not the same right. but similar. And mm. it's just like, like oh, is he from another country? Like no, no, no. He just likes doing art. 
That's how I would have <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, he's just in drama club. I don't know. Like he's just, he's the stage Exactly. <laughs> I, I've always had a particular aversion to like people who are so obviously in drama class. Does that make sense? What's that? <laughs> I don't know. It's... I, I, I like this, but I want to know why. <laughs> it's like the thing with like, there's a certain category of movies that I generally cannot stand, and it's when people, like, act in those movies in ways that would be insufferable in real human life. Like, I don't know, like, sitcoms with, like, um, you know, the, the edited in laughter, like Friends or something, or How I Met Your Mother, I think, is the most modern like criminal when it comes to this it's like the behavior from from those movies and like tv shows it's like as if it's on theater which is fine in theater but then it like translates to real human life and then it's just like i just want to relax dude like i don't want you to like look off into the distance and like expect laughter from other people or like have these weird pauses when you speak like after a, a a joke that you've scripted, like in your head, does that make sense? Oh, a hundred percent. I I am I have a handy dandy mute function on my headset, so as not to have interference. So I, I if you were looking at me and if we were in a normal you know not tech ingrained yeah. conversation, I would be providing the verbal and audio cues like I am buying what you are supplying. Yes, All it right, makes sense right. to me. Yeah, right. But you weren't a, a theater kid, were you? Like, I, I feel uh, like your avatar yes and no. definitely says that you were. But I don't know. Okay. So that is... Do you know what my avatar is? No. Oh, okay, it's a, it's a body horror movie, Frankenhooker. That's Frankenhooker. Oh. On my, uh, incidentally, oh, the director's I've from Jersey. Yeah. No, it's, okay. it's, a tribal, it's a tribute to, like, exploitation films, which I, you know love i i was gonna yeah. say i grew up <laughs> loving but i still do as a 30 year old man you know right um no it's a it's a body horror movie that is like impossibly stupid but also very endearing i mean i i feel like you relate to this when movies develop yeah. their own personality yeah yeah definitely and this guy's work I'll send you some titles, but yeah, he did Basket Case, he did Frank and Oh, Hooker, I love Basket did... Case. Yeah, it's the same guy. Uh, I love Frank... Basket Case. Yeah. Shit. So that's my avatar. Is, uh, I, I, I love the movie, actually. So as you know, I just moved. I'm in the process of like, who would have known yeah. that I would grow up to love decorating? Like, and that's the joke that's kind of going on in my, the Discord channels that I'm in with ilf people is... Uh, Plants are the new petals for me. Like, I gas over <laughs> plants now. Right. I can see that. Like, it, it's a very, it's like a very, you're, you're down with the trend, I think. Like, plants are, 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 are fairly popular around these parts also in Stockholm. And I think, uh, I, mean, I, I mean, no disrespect, and I also don't mean any respect to Stockholm. Is that, like, <laughs> trend-wise, I think Stockholm usually stays a little bit ahead of the curve. Like it usually comes here a little bit before, at least America. Not maybe not America anymore, but like I feel like plants have been in now, right? I, I maybe, uh, but 
I was on a walk mm. around, you know, my neighborhood. And one of the things I, I love doing, so please save this podcast for future like court evidence. I love looking in people's windows. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, no, a lot of them have like, the way I explained it to my housemates, this is going to yeah. be my very eloquent, eloquent thesis. People just All have right. cool shit going on. They have cool lights. They have cool plants. They and I'm always like, what's do. going on in there? But from my very, do, my very, very limited experience with Europe, uh, I, I'm, very, I'm good friends with Olin and uh, Ibarakishi. And uh, we joke mm-hmm. about how like, not traveled I am. Because I've been right. to Europe a few times, but like, that's it, you know? <laughs> but from my very limited experience mm-hmm. there, I spent you know some months in London. I've been to the Amsterdam too, but I would concur with what you're saying. Europe's usually like two to three years ahead of us as far as fashion. No, I'm not talking about Europe. Like, like oh. especially Netherlands. I mean, any Dutch listener here, like they should know that the Netherlands is like way behind. Like it's much more, I think being from Europe, it, it makes it more granular, right? Because like, I guess... I don't know enough about America to say this, but like the difference in time being like on top of a trend between say Austin, Texas and the middle of nowhere, Kentucky is like a couple of months at least. No. Yeah. I, okay. I see where you're coming from. And there's like a South park. Not that I like yeah. anything, but the, how the guy got frozen in time and he was three years behind, so they moved him to uh, to Iowa because Iowa's chronically <laughs> three years behind. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Like, but and I I'm basing this like I'm being an asshole right now, right? But it's for fun. Uh, but like <laughs> the pants that they wear in the Netherlands, like I cannot believe it. Like it's this, it's it's outrageous how ugly pants are in the Netherlands. I cannot like, I don't know. I don't even have. I don't even care that much about people's fashion choices, but it's like kind of just yeah. I want. I want to go deeper. Like, what kind of cut are we talking about that they're that outrageous? Like, to be considered like acceptable uh, as a pant wearer in the Netherlands, which you don't want to be, but like. In their culture, I suppose, and I can say this: I'm a Dutch person. Like it's, it's like uh, I have the Dutch person pass. It it's it has to have like these weird sewed on things. Like they love fake zippers on their pants and shit like that. And I'm not talking oh. like uh, any particular subculture or anything. I'm talking the mainstream, like weirdly tight, and and just no. It is it's. it's yeah, I lived there for like, I suppose two years. Um, I uh, just now, well, as the moderator, which that's my new thing, is I tell new people in the forum that I'm the mod. I, I know, and it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm the mod. If you have any questions, but as the moderator of this podcast, now you do yeah. have the Dutch person pass. I'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> and and for those listening, you have to allow it. He's you don't know anyone else from the Netherlands. Exactly. Is, yeah. no, or, would would you would you would you prefer to be called by your username or your first name? I personally uh, don't care. My name's Patrick or Sharky's fine right. too. The, my first name is fine. Like Nils is is fine. I I think I I 
I use it more with like my friends and I signed all my PMs with it. And like, I don't mind that people know what I, what I'm called. And also fuck noise is like, I realized that when Googling my last name, because it's Brandsma and my, my yeah. previous username was Brandsmanen, which is like a Swedish pun because Brandsman, Brandman is like fireman in Swedish and it sounds similar enough. But I realized when Googling my last name, like my ILF posts were popping up and I didn't want that. <laughs> I, I just didn't want to be liable for my online shit. Like the only people who Google me are like employers, right? So Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I said that same thing when I did my first one with Jack. I was a little more uh, conscientious about it. Just, you know, there's always like a couple of bad apples or tattletale. There's always a tattletale somewhere, right? Like, oh, he's yeah. post. I mean, luckily, my posts are just overtly crass. I, I don't think there's anything, you know, that's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? transgressive around identity politics it's just like gross and stupid a lot of my posts i don't think like an employer could be like oh we can't hire you like, right what? you didn't it's not like oh you didn't say anything racist or sexist or homophobic or something but you talked a lot about like goth girls taking a dump Talking, on the <laughs> yeah exactly exactly we don't want that image that's not our, our yeah no i see i i mean in general i just don't like uh Having, like, my real persona, which I would say is more towards the ILF person as I post as, whereas my really not real persona is the one employers have to deal with. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, similar. I mean, you know what, too? It's I, I, I'm really all about that incognito life, too. I don't have... Here I am on, a, like, my third ill podcast, but or fourth, rather, but right. this is it. Like, this is as much engagement as I would want with the real world. Like, it, it, you know, people who want to be famous, it, it just... Oh, I it really puzzles it. me. Yeah, it, I cannot imagine anything worse. Like, absolutely not. And Which the only is, reason I think... I'm going to speak for you, if you don't mind, like you yeah. and I are even doing this is because it's such a tight knit community. So it's almost like entertainment for our friends. It's not meant to be the ill cast is like, it's not meant to yeah. be for anything else. No, <laughs> but it isn't like, it isn't nobody listens to it. Except yeah, which like, I'm so a glad. couple of people on ILF and I'm not like even bummed that not everyone on ILF is listening to it. Like it's just a handful of people and that's nice. And I yeah. am also doing it because like I, I know that I appreciate it myself. Like when other people, oh, yeah. when other forum members speak, I like listening to it, and I I hope that like people can get the same kind of when I'm on. But I don't I don't know. But yeah, I no. This is a good topic, and we're I'm writing down Dutch pants because we're not we're not done yet. We're gonna go back to that. I have a lot of questions. Yeah, <laughs> like you can ask me about Dutch fashion sense, and I'll try to. I'll try to respond. I mean, it's, it's I wanna, a desert. But at the present time, I want to go deeper on this sort of cast. And the reason is, and this is why like, I encourage people to do it, just because, I don't know, kind of like what we were talking about in PM, that some people are like, oh, no one invited me to do the podcast. And you're just like, no, 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 no. Reach out to somebody no. who you would like to talk to. 
who like, and I truly think there is a writing style for different people and you could become, you're a good example of this. I was going to fanboy out for a second that I've always really respected you ever since I what? joined the forum. Yeah, seriously, because of the way you write, your cadence and your music. I've always, so yeah, here's the fanboy out second. I've, I've been a big fan of yours for a while. That's, that's, uh, that's weird to me. I didn't know that anyone actually cared about it. To be no, honest. and I know Ugly Nora likes your music too. Like we talked, because oh, I complimented yeah, yeah. him. I said, I said, oh, your stuff reminds me of, uh, of Nils. And he's like, yeah, hmm. I'm a big fan myself. I'm a big fan of Ugly Nora's music. Oh yeah, I listen to it a lot. But that's uh, that's so weird for me to hear. I actually, that's very very nice of you to say. Well, I, I was really bummed. We were supposed to do this before, but that morning, mm -hmm. I got into. I think I raised my voice five times in my adult life, and I'm 30 now. So between 18 and 30, five times. Mm -hmm. But one of those times was that morning. So I just like wasn't in a. A state to the, the point being, like, if I get to that level, it's it's usually something pretty bad. So that's why I had yeah. to like cancel the first time you and I were supposed to do this. So I'm just like, hey, man, I won't even be fun. Like, <laughs> you know, not that I ever uh, am, but <laughs> like, I never, no, but you are definitely like, <laughs> but that didn't bum me out as like, I don't remember this was two years ago, but also like, that was fine. Like, I, I can be a like, not calling you a flake, but, like, I can be that sometimes. And I have, in general, I, I, I just kind of understand that people aren't doing things out of bad intentions. Oh, no, I, I, like I, I am flaky. I'm just trying to say, in that just, instance, I wasn't. <laughs> right, right. No, no, I mean, yeah, there's a time and a place for a podcast, I suppose. So. Yeah. Point being, so, though, no, I've always been a big fan of your writing, been a big fan of your music, have wanted to do this for a while, so, like, thank you on that, Yeah, me Don. too. Like, uh, that, I'm, I'm happy to be speaking to you for the first time, really. It's, uh, and, like, I, I, like I, I remember you coming onto the forum back in, I want to say, 2016 or 2017 exactly. or something. Yep, 2016. And I remember you, like... Um, for a moment, I think I, I, I thought you were like an alt of somebody's because you like um, got into the, the forum, like the way, like a lot of new members post as like, according to like general internet etiquette, whereas the I Love Fuzz way of speaking is slightly different. And I don't mean that in a, an elitist way. It was just like you knew the language already. Kind of. It just usually takes a couple of posts, I suppose. I Again, if you saw my face, I would be giving you every sort of body language cue with that. I get it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, do you, you are someone's alt? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, there is a certain cadence and a way of speaking. And, uh, and, yeah. and not that I think, because that was one of the things. Remember back in 2017, 18, where ILF was having an identity crisis? And like we really used to treat members like new people like garbage and a part of that was because no you don't well I don't, I don't i don't know like my i guess so i guess so but it was like a lot of i remember that like 2016 i think was like 
can I go off on a massive tangent here? I think that like I hope I hope you do. But, I'm so listening. I, I'm I will relate you. this back to like Isle of Fuzz, but like there was a brief moment in like the early teens of this decade with like 2012, 2013, 2014 when there was some type of hope restored to the world and then our internet activities were like kind of a hobby. Like we realized that we were going to live our lives as a good, happy person collective, but like in real life and it would be fine. And then 2015 happened and all the celebrities died and we were like, shit, this sucks. 2015 is the worst year that has ever happened. And saying that in 2020, like everyone who listens to this goes like, oh yeah, what idiots we were then. Because then 2016 happened and that was the worst year that like anyone under 30 had in terms of like world events and like how shit everything was. And like, I think people just kind of wanted to keep their own spaces. The same that the, the English wanted to keep England out of out of the UK, like I love fuzz people didn't want like a bunch of buy sell traders to go and like fucking um, rip everyone off and like destroy our nice community that we had built on the internet of like peace and love and like fuzz pedals and shit and all of a sudden all of our friends were getting into modular like what the fuck are they doing this is fucking stupid and then 2017 you know year of, of like daily news of trump like shitting himself on stage and like throwing the shit on some audience member or whatever the fuck <laughs> and then 2018 the same shit 2019 the same shit and then there was some hope for 2020 like i think 2019 three days into 2019 there was a, a an idea that there was going to be a nuclear war between iran and like everything else and then 2020 is arguably so bizarre, so maximum, like, roofed out shitty that we kind of just, like, I think maybe let go of that a bit and, like, I will say members for 2020, a bit more. I'm, I'm, uh, so not to interrupt, I want you to keep going on this, but with 2020, this year, more than any other, is I have questioned whether I'm still tripping on Salvia more than anything right? i'm like i'm like did i just hallucinate the entire past couple of years and i'm still tripping like <laughs> yeah it's, you were it's saying. so weird no but that that's that's that was the point like i think uh, we've had to deal with our own like um because like i care about i care about very many things right but I, I care about i love fuzz a lot and like if i felt like i love fuzz was being invaded by like these shitty fucking talk base people and uh people trying to collect good deals on buy sell trade and you know whatever whatever the fuck then like if i felt like it was being ruined i would be meaner to new people also and like just trying to keep the old ones but I think there's a lot more of the of the, like good potential members than there are bad potential members at this point. Like I think the buy sell trade people who like are only there to 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 buy and sell shit 
I think they're being idiots because like it's not like you don't earn more on Isle of Fuzz. You can earn more on Reverb. Like I think I don't know. I think that's as I, far as my tangent will go, actually. Oh, okay. I would there. like to I'd like to expand upon it. Then I talked about so if again for the five people that are gonna listen, sorry I'm repeating yeah. myself from the last one, but I think we're heading into a golden age again because because of everything you just said, actually, with the with the growing pains of the 2014 to now, I think pedal culture in particular, it, it's two things. I think I said three on the last one, but two things. One, pedal culture was initially, for lack of a better term, catching up with the quirkiness of Isle of Fuzz, right? Now, right. it's gone beyond it. So you have yeah. a lot of pedals. A lot of new pedals are pricing us members out. But it's fine, and I'll tell you why. It's because, hmm. I mean, I joined in 2016, and I'm a newer member, so I have like four years of this shit under my belt. You have more, and, and it, not to mention even before you joined forums. Like, I've been playing guitar since I was 13. We have, we have yeah. the, the, the power of jadedness on our side, so even if new stuff comes out, we're just like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, right. So I think ILF is going to become what it was meant to be and more of an exchange of, ide of ideas as opposed to just pageantry. Right. That makes sense. So I, I think I, so I am agreeing with everything you're saying, but I'm, but for the future, I think we're hitting a thing like the banter posts, which I love are higher than ever. I think mm -hmm. people aren't like, we're over, we're over the flippers and and that was a growing pain, right? Like, hey, how could you be doing this? This is a limited run. And now we're just like, oh, for fuck's sake, it's a pedal. Nobody needs it. Jesus Christ. Like, exactly. <laughs> like, it, it just seems like a, it seems like an addict thing more than like a, an, a real problem. And also, most of these like limited run things, if it's not something I care about, like I have a... Do you have the I Love Fuzz Forever pest pattern thing? It looks like really it... cool. I honestly, better off shred just built me like uh, two fuzzes just out of like kindness. So those are my mm. go tos lately. But you were saying. The, no, but like it's an amazing pedal. But like I, I have it because I, I, it is an I Love Fuzz. Like. It's 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 not something I would buy to like. Oh yeah, I can flip this for so much money, and I don't think anyone would. As opposed to like the limited runs of like um, ayahuasca or whatever. Fuck you know. Oh, actually, I'm gonna piggyback off of you and say that was mm -hmm. maybe my third point. Is the people that are on I Love Fuzz now are the ones who like they want to specifically be there. And that's yeah. part of gear gear culture outgrowing I Love Fuzz. If you yes. want clout, Thank if God. you want to be known, you're going on Reddit. You're going on something else. You're going on even Instagram. Uh, Instagram. Has become like, yeah. Yeah, that's but true. Like, the people that are on ILF now want to be there. And the common denominator amongst everybody's taste is not like the granular pedal. It's not the latest thing. It's the stuff like the pest pattern that's kind of like the common thread. Yeah. And actually, this is a great, great moment to speak about the Reverb's most best-selling pedal, like new pedals of 2020. A list that I have uh, seen. I've seen it on a on a on a secret like um, 
Yeah, they, I, I hacked into the database. It's on uh, Y O U Tube. The the girl with the the, the girl with the the fuzz tattoo. That's good. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's the site that Fuzzbox Girl used to to post videos on. But um, the 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 ten most uh, best selling pedals, new pedals on Reverb, are, and I think I would have guessed zero of these, but I'll go go through it quickly. Is the Jackson Audio Golden Boy at number ten? Have what you heard that? of it? Yeah, right. Then there's a double pedal from Walrus Audio with Slow and Fathom. And then it's the Chase Bliss Civex Bliss Factory collaboration at number what's that? Eight. That pedal, by the way, is marking a certain cultural point that I'm gonna write this down in my notebook. We should discuss. And it's part no, of we my... should talk about it. We should talk about it because it, it it's a different thing. It's like uh I don't think I don't think that's because like people no, it that's about the fuzz factory as a as an important bit of like our history. But but it, it's tied with the death by audio and earthquaker devices uh, time shadows one, which I don't even know what it really is like some reverb or whatever <laughs> with a filter. It doesn't. It really looks lame. Like it's a three knob thing, and people are selling it for like. I don't. I don't fucking know. Um. Wait. No. None of those were on the list. Those were mentioned because they were limited editions. Okay. Now I, I got. Have, I have the list. I have the list up. Yeah. I got the best selling okay. overall and the best selling new for twenty twenty. So we're literally okay. on the same page. Right. Number 10, Walrus Mako D2, D1. Never fucking heard of the thing. But it looks like Chase Bliss inspired, probably a bit cheaper than Chase Bliss, I want to say. I mean, that's, that's, that doesn't say anything. Then it's the Keeley Echoes, but with two Cs. I have that as number 12, because they did, they did increments of 15, right, for each list? That's what I'm looking at. I'll, do you want me to send you a screenshot or uh, not really? I'm looking at the <laughs> at the YouTube video with the like number Time nine. Stamps? Is, uh, no, I'm just kind of scrolling through it, like uh, yeah, with my arrow keys here. Like eight at uh, all right. You sent me a screenshot. Let's see. Best selling new. All oh, right, so they didn't include all of them, I suppose. Um, but yeah, the Strymon Night Sky. I guess I could have seen that. That's the only one I feel like I could have like that. I have some understanding for. I saw a little bit of hype on Isle of Fuzz for that one, which is can I do saying can I do a lot a quick, for like Strymon. Yeah. Quick preface, and this goes to what we talked about earlier. That sometimes it's just more fun to read about stuff than on it. It, it, this is like mm -hmm. the viewer discretion before a TV movie, like viewer discretion. There's going to be so for so listener discretion. Nils and I are going to talk a bunch of shit, but we're going to have a great time doing it with this yeah. list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's shit talking that I, I I'm on this for. Uh, <laughs> this is why I'm here. Like, yeah, it's not the gear per se. It's just the uh... gear is an abstract, which is kind of uh, what I want the title of this one to be. Gear is an abstract. Uh, I kind of like that. I do like that. And I, I have a... Oh, shit. We can come back to that later. 
What is that? I can write down. Like gear is an abstract, but also like um, how fucked up gear has like always. So no, but it's a it's a good time now. I I'll just go on this tangent. It's the the TR eight hundred eight, the six hundred six, and the nine hundred nine. These were like all fucking failures at the time. Like you couldn't give those that shit away when it was released because people were like, "Oh fuck this! I want a drummer. I don't want this fucking bleeps and bloops." And then people kind of like came over the things for almost no money. And they were all of a sudden worth thousands of dollars 30 years later, right? But this thing is so hard to replicate, yet it seems like businesses have become aware and they're trying to do the thing, but it never works out like they want it to because you cannot like manufacture. You cannot manufacture the future as much as like it just happens because of possibility. Like Seattle at a certain point of time was like not very expensive to live in. And like you had all of the, you know, whatever Dylan Carson and Kurt Cobain living. Like my American history is not that great. But I, I know like, where you're you going have, and I agree. Yeah. You, you had those people living there and like making it into like a cool place but just coincidentally like it's not because something inherent to seattle was that it was just an accident and now it's like i think without nirvana silicon valley would be somewhere else or wait i mean no san francisco i don't know Probably not. Silicon well, Valley. What are you, what are you trying to say? Because yeah, Silicon uh, Valley. Is it. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It. I just mean like. I think there's a lot more people moving to at least Seattle than for like this artsy dream than was like before all of that. I've been saying this about New York for years. Like everyone still retains like, that mythos but it's not dirt cheap like it was in the eight in the early 80s late 70s yeah i, I think like, uh, my pick for like next like underground music scene in the u.s is phoenix yeah like i okay i'm gonna ride this wave i i would tucson's a happen in place and i'm a big fan of uh nobody who is from there no, um, but I'm with you. I think the American Southwest, you know, even like cities like Albuquerque or something, there's potential. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you know where else? Where? Uh, I mean, Denver? the Midwest has, oh, yeah, well, we could talk about that actually later, but I, I'm, I'm, I've become friends with the guitarist from Blood Incantation. He was just saying, he's like, man, before uh, COVID, we had such a healthy happening scene you know, for underground stuff. It was funny because I, I told him one of my favorite records. I was like, yeah, you probably don't know this. Not, not like that. And he was just like, dude, I lived with the guy while he was making, it's a really, actually you would love this album too. So I'm going to PM it to you later, but oh, um, it, I, I'm dead serious. I'm not just saying it because I like it, which people do like, oh, you should watch Star Wars. And you're like, what? About, <laughs> like, no, I think you specifically would like this. It's just like one of my favorite tapes. Um, but apparently my friend lived with this guy while he was making it day in and day out. So it was just such a hyper coincidence, you know? Hmm. And this is like a tape that they made 25 of. This isn't like Rolling Stones Exile on Main Street or something. Like, 
it's not known as an album. Um, the point being, yeah, it had healthy scenes. The Midwest has always had healthy stuff too, especially with uh, punk. And I heard that uh, Minneapolis is a pretty. You know what else I heard is a happening? I'm sorry, I've had three separate thoughts in one sentence. No, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Minneapolis, I've heard is going to be booming, and I've heard nothing but great things about Boise, Idaho. Okay, okay. I mean, I haven't heard great or bad things about Boise, Idaho. I'm a, I, I mean, I'm not from the U.S., so I, I don't know very much about it. But I think the Midwest is, this is my non-professional take. Yeah. The Midwest is depressing in the same way Sweden is depressing. And, like, there's no way around it. Sweden has, like, a great music scene. And it's not because Swedes are better like genetically at anything it's just because it's so fucking depressing to be here like i can tell you right now over the last couple of weeks literally i'm not exaggerating the the sun panels in stockholm has registered zero sun hours over the last weeks not a single hour of sun in weeks it's just everyone's going to shit here you know and that's like you can't channel that by like going out and shooting someone or like whatever you do and here we just i guess people make some music or or like really depressing movies or something i'm a Which huge is good. bergman fan by the way yeah <laughs> i heard when um, you were talking on the, on the podcast in january which i listened to before this oh um so so let's circle it back i i agree with your fundamental that these places created the appeal there's nothing intrinsic about the appeal like the whole south um seattle sound seattle scene came from people mm. like these guys grew up an hour outside of city it's not like they made this great pilgrimage like oh i'm gonna make it in seattle they they lived there already yeah. they needed to move somewhere that was cheap and then it just built up around it. And I see what you're doing with the, the connection to gear. Yeah, the TB303 was meant, oh, you're all a bass player. You can, you can use this. Have a guy play along. Yeah. That's the voice I'm doing for the, <laughs> for the so A&R like guy. Shit. He's yeah, yeah. This, this like sweaty, nervous A&R guy. Like, oh, what you can do is it sounds so, it sounds so good. And then yeah. everyone's just like, wow, this really sounds bad. <laughs> and then, you're, you know. Years later, you've got these. I mean, I, I'm not even going to bother do a terrible English accent. You got these guys in, mm -hmm. you know, South London that are finding them. They're not even paying for them. They're finding them. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Oh, what's this yeah. night? And it's like, I don't know. Don't touch it. Like, no, no, I'm going to take it home. And then, boom, Acid House is born. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly like that. And like, I think people are so aware of this now that, that like. It's trying to be manufactured all the time, which makes it disgusting to interact with. But like, this is because I think, I think most people don't have a problem with it. And I think I'm just so poisoned by politics brain. Like, like music is my second hobby, I'd say. Because like I, I, like I do, I guess I'm trying to work in or with politics mainly. And like, I care about it way too much. It's the same that it's like an ideological thing that gets put onto stuff. Like I'm, I'm following you. Yeah. 
the point of manufacturing the next like TB three hundred three is not to have it given away because people take it like they wouldn't wipe their ass with it. The point of doing it is that like people would immediately pick it up and like invent acid house on it. But that doesn't work. Like that's not how it works because it didn't land in the in the right hands or, or whatever I'm trying to say. Like you can So the like, the early hologram pedals, the um Yeah, which is where we're the, at the, on the, the reverb list, by the way. So the first two were like pretty much a failure. By if you if you if all you did was get ILF as your news source, you would think they were the worst pedals ever made, and that the people who made them should like be tried for violations against human rights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because goodness, goodness forbid, a pedal has a little bit of a volume drop. Like, but, uh, but honestly, I, that is I that makes them. it complete. <laughs> I like On them. The I still, I, I yeah, Well, I don't have the microcosm. I have the other two. But, I had Infinite Jets, and I liked it. Yeah, I, th I think it's got a very... Um, there's two pedals that I really like that have this sound. You have the Hologram Infinite Jets, and you have the Alexander uh, Color Theory. They both have this okay. filter that just sounds so synth synthetic. And I like it. It, it almost sounds mm. like... Because there's a character in the filter that calls attention to it's a machine. There's just something that's like it sounds like a an overrun right. engine or something. I I really right. and there's nothing organic about it, and that's why I like it. It's like this synthetic. You know, I like digital filters too. I like the stepping when you're doing a sweep. Is it is it stepping? Uh huh. But um, hmm. the point being is I could see those pedals becoming cult, or even I, I mean. It is kind of hard to say in 2020 that hard, there's going to be a piece of hardware that's going to get cult again because, you know, even everybody and their mother is doing that thing where they're selling their gear now, which, you know, I, I get it. Don't get me wrong. Even my best friend is like, I'm down. He runs a studio and even he's downsizing. He's like, I'm just, I'm just, everything's at Ableton, which history, yeah. history has told us this happens like, you know, every 15 years or something. Hmm. Um, right. Which I'm not saying there's going to be a revival in analog. I'm not saying like, oh, hold on to your pedals like you would stocks. They're going to be worth something. That's not where I'm going. I'm just saying that. I don't even know what I'm saying. What were you saying? <laughs> well, I don't know what I was saying, but like on, on that note, I can say that like there there is exists the possibility of stuff becoming cult, but it's not going to be the stuff that is made to be cult. I think. Like oh yeah 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 so like the infinite jets sounds good and cool but like it has the issue of like it being cool whatever you kind of do with it like there is no particular way of using it it's just the way it's manufactured to be used is how it's used and I don't think that will ultimately result in it becoming cult and like if I can if I can uh, take inspiration for from your thread and suck my own dick like it's it's like stuff like that was a failure like the time bender the best pedal that has ever existed if i were to become a world famous musician gear forms would be talking about i guess my use of the time bender but that was a failure and i don't use it as it was intended and i'm not like i'm not saying that that's very special or anything I, I just mean, like, 
the principle of it is different, right? Like it's, I don't think the time bender was just meant to do everything, not necessarily just, it was just supposed to be a big delay, but then they added some features that makes it a lot. I never use it as a delay. Like it, it's just a different thing altogether. And I think that's how the TB303 was, was invented to be a bass player. And it's the worst fucking bass in the world because it sounds nothing like a bass. It sounds like a bassline synthesizer. And it invented ha Acid House the same way the 808 was supposed to be a drummer. But it's not. It's, a, it's the hip-hop sound. And then also a baseline synthesizer. So Bastille, and in tandem with the time bender, you are probably the resident micro granny expert on the forum. I fucking love that thing, but yeah. Oh, the, did you see, by the way, um, just real quick, uh, did you see he has a, uh, he's got, uh, it's not up right now, but Dig Dug DIY, I'm a huge fan of his stuff. He, uh, yeah, me too. He, he came up with like a, an expansion meaty thing for it. If I see it, I'll send you the link. But I don't have my micro granny here with me right now, but when I get it back, I think, I'm really not gassing for anything, but everybody that knows me personally is like, okay, Pat, that, that, that changes as much as the wind <laughs> direction, you know? But same, I'd be interested same. in that. Um, but okay, so the micro granny, this is why I brought it up, because that is their tribute, right, to that old sampler unit. Right. And uh, what, so what I'm saying, this happens to me a lot with gear, media, etc. The thing that it's trying to emulate or pay tribute to, I don't like as much. Like, I've heard that original unit, and it doesn't sound as cool to me. I like the um, – this is a bad example, but I'm going to give it. Like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. the, the, the Model D, the Mini Moog. What a great sound. Yeah. And you're like – like, nah, I hope this person exists, by the way, because it would infuriate everybody in, in the synth world. Like, <laughs> like uh, yeah, it's the, it's the iconic synth that sounds so good. And a guy just goes, eh, I like my Behringer better. <laughs> I hope that exists. Oh, I, yeah, like, I can see what you mean. I like that with food. Like, I impart white trash and part cockroach. So there's so many things I prefer the, <laughs> like, ramen. I like the 50 cent ramen better than any gourmet ramen I've ever had. And that could be because, you know, oh, I grew up man. in Jersey and I'm basically radioactive, but. <laughs> I, yeah, I like I have a similar experience now with the. So, like, I, just to tell you a little bit about my 2020, uh, like more Please. of a personal note. It's like Please. I got quarantined with uh, a colleague from work and. She and I, we were living in Ireland, and then she's from Italy, and she's an amazing chef. And, like, I've just been eating better food than I ever have during this lockdown. And now we are a couple also. And she's living with me here in Sweden, which is amazing. Um, but she's been then introduced to Swedish cuisine, which is what I was a bit nervous for, because, like, you know... She's from the Italian South. She eats the, she has the best food in the world, like, every day, usually. It's no big deal. And, yeah. But she likes the, like, industrial frozen cinnamon buns and uh, meatballs that we have. 
almost more than like the more boutique stuff, which is pretty much the same thing. But uh, your girlfriend I, I, I and I would be best friends because I, I prefer frozen pizza to pizzeria pizza any day of the oh, week. Don't say, I'm please sick. don't say that to her. I mean, oh, oh no, <laughs> uh, the P word. I mean, you cannot even like, no, absolutely not. But like, yeah, I, I see what you mean, but like, um, shit. The, with pe- with Italian food, it's sensitive, but like with the yeah, this I love it's, that it's by funny. the way. Yeah. Please don't say it like you, you know, it's almost like having a chat with older, you know, like grandparents or parents of a different generation, like mom, dad, you cannot say that word, like a racial slur please. or something. But with you, it's like, Pat, please don't talk about pizza. Please. I need this to go well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. When we were living in Ireland, we called pizzas open-faced sandwiches. Just so. <laughs> but it was, it was. Did you have Supermax when you were there? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I went to Supermax a couple of times. It's so good. I, I mean, this is the memory of my 17-year-old self <laughs> when I was over there, but I really enjoyed Supermax. I'm not like a fast food guy. I, I love, don't get me wrong, I love garbage food, but for whatever reason, fast food is not part of my garbage food palette. I've just never been a fan. Although fast casual, mm-hmm. you were just in the States. So, you know, you, you could tell the difference between like a McDonald's versus a Five Guys. You know what I mean? Or, Five Guys is amazing. My oh, God. it's so good. But that's yeah. not like fast food to me. Like, my, my house. Oh, that's not fast food to you? They call it fast casual, my housemates. And I've just, been, I know, I'm doing it for the bit. I'm embracing it. Like, yeah, it's yeah, fast, yeah. sure. <laughs> um, the pizza word, though. So, hey, how'd you like living in Ireland? Ireland is amazing. But yeah. uh, Ireland, Ireland, like, sucks at an appropriate level. Like, I've always said that I cannot live in a fundamentally happy place. I think it would be miserable if I lived in California. Like, I, Ireland sucks enough that everyone is, like, on board. But then it's, like, it, it's pretty fine. And then you have amazing pub culture and, like, live music culture. Like, there's some old guy, like, 80 fucking years old playing his guitar in like every single pub you go to right that's not a gimmick that's just how it is still i don't think it might it might actually not survive covid the the pub culture because the government is such pieces of liberal shit like that they they align more with no stop talking about politics what the fuck no 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 no, let's do it you want to if you don't want to we don't have to but i'm listening i I can't i can't like the government is much more like aligned with like Ireland as a finance place and like a cool tech place. And like in their mind, everyone's like wearing uh, fast jackets and like doing fucking algorithms or whatever. But in the real Ireland, like even people who work with finance and everything, they go to the fucking pub, right? But so under COVID, the pubs got no fucking support at all. And I'm just scared that like there's like a I want to say there's like 500 or no, there's a, there was, there's a a thousand pubs, I think in Dublin, which means something like one pub per a hundred people. I might be wrong about that, but like essentially worst comes to worst. Every person in Dublin can fit in the pub, right? Which is insane. The the stat sounds familiar. There's another little city. There's a castle. I think it's, 
right. please correct me. It's, it's, I think it's where the Blarney Stone is. That county and the particular city in that county has a pub for like every it, – it's, it's an absurd number. It's almost like the equivalent would be Hoboken, New Jersey. Yeah. Or like Fishtown, yeah. Philadelphia, you know. Right. So I, I, I get what you're saying. And I do vaguely – again, I was 17 years old when I was there. But I do vaguely remember hearing a similar stat as you're trying to present. Right. Yeah, it's something like that. And uh, I think there's some Irish people on the phone. Adam, I don't know. But, oh, the um, dude R, who, he, who makes really cool music. Yeah, that, the guy yeah, R. Yeah, he makes great music. Yeah. Guy R? His, his name's R. It's like underscore R underscore. And he does a lot of like the, the sort of, I'm calling it the Tim Hecker thing, but he did it before that, you know, or the Ben Frost thing. All right. I don't know. I don't know what to call those genres, so I literally just name it after the person. Well, I so, suck at genres. Like, but, yeah. like, what do you call what William Bazinski does? I call it the William Bazinski thing at this point, or I guess you could call it like tape. It is. The, it, it, it. Yeah. It but that's different the William to Bazinski me. thing. It's not a it, loop. It's not just uh, a loop. It's the it's the the character of it. So you know, for me, looping is like the people on YouTube that are doing. They stomp their feet. They play a chord, and they're like do 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 do, and everyone's like, oh, how did it all come together? Oh, look at that. Which I, I'm making fun of it, but I can't do it because, as you know, I, I mean, can't keep time. <laughs> I can't keep time either. This is something we gotta talk about also. But like, I think it's it's related to ambient music, I suppose. And then, but it's just ambient music made the Bazinski way rather than like um, how, what I do, I guess, is just put like picks in my SK5 so that the keys stay down and then I go and have a coffee. But I don't know, like. Oh, right. you do that? Sometimes. But I don't, okay. I don't publish that. Like, that's just for, you know, I'm writing saving on my too. phone later so that Our, I can uh... listen to it. One chord for an hour or so. Our conversation is like the way I watch TV in the early 2000s, just flipping channels. Uh, we were talking. I got stuff written down. I'm keeping track. I'm keeping the minutes. But um, um, Ireland, though, I want to I want to keep going into that. No, yeah, it, it, Ireland was great. But like I didn't experience very much of Ireland except during Six Nations back in February. Where Six Nations is rugby, right? Like it's... Um, it's literally six nations of rugby playing against each other. And it was fucking amazing. Like we were in the pub every weekend from like morning until evening and watching these rug rugby games with, with like our friends. And it would be so funny because like everyone was against England as much as for any other team. Like when Ireland was playing, people were for Ireland, whoever they were playing. But then France, England would be playing, and like fucking the pub would be smacked with people like going for France. You know, it was just a good time. And, that sounds uh, fun, yeah. It's a great time. Rugby is also a good sport. I've learned to like it. So I think uh, I'm with you. I, I, I honestly loathe sports. It's not even like I can't even be polite about when people talk about football here. Uh, American football, of course. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're just like, oh, well, who's your team? And I, I can't even. This is still probably, for lack of a better term, the most cringy thing I do. But I'm, I'm not going to change that. But basically, when people ask me about sports, I just tell them, like, I have an aggressive disinterest in them. You know? Yeah. 
But me, Gaelic, the point being, Gaelic football and rugby, that was fun. I really enjoyed watching those. I liked watching it because it's fun to watch in that atmosphere. And like the, because rugby is a thing in Italy as well. Uh, coming back to uh, my then colleague, we were going, we were going there and like she was really into it. And like we were there with all the Irish lads and like everyone was screaming. It was a good time. And then outside in the like smoking area or whatever, there were two old Irish guys playing Irish folk music, you know? So, yeah. I and have, this is what you're afraid of losing with, with the government not providing any support, is what you were I'm saying. I'm just afraid that like it will be like a lot of places might close and that those pubs will be bought up by the people who can buy up those pubs and that like instead of each pub just being in one place it, it's going to be like spread a lot more like uh, Weatherspoons might buy up like 10 pubs in, in Dublin or something you know and like that the culture surrounding it might die a little bit but we'll see about that I mean it's after all it's just one year 2020 doesn't feel like just one year but I think it might survive it but it might be worse I see what you're saying. I mean, there, even when I was there, there was always like a real pronounced effort to maintain pub culture. Yeah. And this was years ago. So it, it's really a bummer when things that are so um, ingrained in a community in the day-to-day -day operations only really skate by as far as margins go. Like they're, they're, they were already at their limit. Like no yeah. It's just, it's just crazy the way things work out. Like the things that people actually want are the things that don't make a lot of money and like are just barely scraping by. Right. Whereas like fucking Walgreens is, you know. <laughs> it's, it's the thing that nobody really wants. Like except for like a level of comfort, those things can be convenient. Like Amazon, like I think just... And this goes to like stores that I don't hate, like Tommen in, in Europe, like buying my guitar gear from there because it's so much cheaper than going to like all these cool actual guitar places in Stockholm where I would much rather buy my guitars, but I just can't afford to like spend another hundred euros on, on a guitar when I can get it so much cheaper, but I would much rather do it. You know what? And I'm a hundred percent with you. I'm not as sympathetic to some of these niche places because I love guitars more than anybody. You know, I, I had 15 of them at one point. I'm actually scaling down Shit. my collection. I'm not selling it. I'm not selling them. Just so, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, and I'm not saying this to be like, Oh, I'm such a virtuous person, but I'm just like giving them to people. Cause I'm not going to take them all out here with me. You know, like my the point being though, They've, they've made they've made it so difficult like to get an entry level strat is like thirteen hundred dollars now that's ridiculous entry level strat like, yeah, from like Fender? A, yeah that's not true is it i don't know from what i see man it's just okay so let's not use these well, if you then. if you buy let's... like a a, 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 a squire that's an entry-level strat that's, to me. That's different to me. That, By the way, actually, one of the guitars I was going to just give to a good friend of mine was I have a 72 
custom. It, th- this is the model name, right? It's not from actually 1972. I have the Squire <laughs> Telecaster, the 72 yeah. custom with two humbuckers. That is oh, a, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that guitar for $200 with a hard shell case. Shit. Shit. It, is a, it, is, it is a remarkable instrument. That's what I was telling my buddy. I was like, I was like, I don't know how brand conscious you are, but I, I gave him a choice. I was like, you can either take my telly or my knockoff Jazzmaster. They're both phenomenal guitars, and I got them both for like next to nothing. Hmm. Which goes to your a, point. That's is, an entry level like price point oh totally that i'm not disagreeing with that i'm I'm, we don't have to use fender as an example i'm just saying that let's see if we can find some common ground like do we agree that the price of a regular guitar by reputable brands for lack of a better term because i'm a fan of Toman's stuff quite like i'm glad you use them Mm -hmm. but it's become so inflated over the years and for no reason um if you don't agree uh, it's fine too yeah i think i agree i think i agree but i think we tend to see these things as like one-to-one comparisons like guitars that weren't like if i if i just use like car comparisons i don't like fender back in the day, was just a guitar brand. It wasn't a luxury guitar brand. It was just a, a guitar brand that was making regular guitars for people to play and use. And like, if you were going to go out and buy your guitar, then the mass-produced alternative was like Fender in some way. And they made them cheaper than others by just having a plank, like a Telecaster. And then it became the thing where like um you know these guitars are now used by all the rock stars and and like they have a veneer of luxury to them um like fender as a brand became like a thing for itself like it it meant a certain quality that might have not been intended at the time it was just meant to be like a mass produced guitar and enough to like you know, I saw Hillbilly Elegy yesterday and it sucked, but it, the the guy, the lawyer guy, he was having a Fender t-shirt on. Like, that was a cool thing. Like, that signified his time as like a fail kid, right? Like when he was wearing a Fender t-shirt. And that's not the case anymore. Fender is now like, ooh, the quality of a Fender guitar. You know what I'm saying? And that, yeah, that's why I, I, Squire exactly. needed to exist. But Squire is the Fender now, like, yeah. That's, that's what I think saying, that's though, my like, point. It, oh, so you're, you're phrasing it differently than I would, but I think, again, the fundamental, that it just become unnecessarily inflated over the years because of none other than brand. Like, yeah. Know. You know what? I, I don't have data points, so I really shouldn't, like, cite anything, but I... I think um, we can cite bullshit data or make it up. Yeah. The, the Tommy Go Fuck Yourself brand, they sell for $800,000. <laughs> yeah. I, I really hold the opinion. And again, for, for the five people listening, I am a terrible guitar player. I'm not a talented musician by any stretch of imagination. Same. But I think if you spend over $1,300 for an instrument that's not custom, you're a lunatic. Even that, I personally wouldn't even go that high, but that's just like my price ceiling is... 
$1,300 for a Fender or Gibson, you're out of your mind. Um, yeah. For a new yeah, instrument, definitely. When you're spending I, that much money, get something like tailored to your liking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I can see that. I can see your point. I, I think I just don't look at instruments that expensive and I haven't really formed an opinion on it. But, okay, I, I, I could drop any, it any, any guitar, no, but like, I see what you're saying, right? But like, Maybe if I had the money, I would. No, I, I probably wouldn't. Saying that, like the Gibson, uh, what's the, they have a new series of SGs with the like vibrola and shit. But that's like, eight, yeah, that's that's very much. I think it's like eight thousand dollars or something. It's so, it's, which is ludicrous in my mind. It's insane, it's... but um. I have Gibson that I bought for 600 euros as a my reasonable second price. guitar. Yeah, that's a reasonable price. The uh, special faded one that I keep in C standard. And it, oh, that's awesome. It's, it rips. It has no like thick finish on it either, so it looks like beaten to shit. But I know, I know the exact better. <laughs> well, yeah. this is funny. So we're growing up in a similar area because when you lived in the States – Probably looking at similar guitars too, because I, I I know the exact model you're talking about. I thought they were so cool. They have a V version of it too. There's no glossy finish on it. Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. And but, they were I like, mean, in, I'm sorry, buddy. No, you go ahead. So in like 2005, they were like, you know, 550 to 600 dollars. They were reasonable. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I have. I, I think it's a 2004 or six or either one of the two. Six probably, not four. Yeah. Which hey, it was it, it's a good guitar. I, I that's like a good it. segue too. No, it's a great guitar. I tried them out. I just yeah. I'm surprised I never got it. But pedal prices. Uh I don't mind that they're getting that expensive because again, it's pricing I I know this sounds counterintuitive, but going back to what I was saying, it's pricing a lot of uh, ILF people out, but it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I think I've had to focus a lot more on, on like using what I have and like making music rather than than buying gear to accomplish certain things, which I ultimately like. And I say that with like electrons on both to the right and to the left of me at the moment. <laughs> Oh yeah, well, if, if, and everybody should call me out on this. If I'm ever like, oh, I have to focus on what I have. You should yeah. go, oh, you have you have 15 guitars and over 100 pedals. Go fuck yeah. yourself. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm definitely. <laughs> I, I can definitely safely be told to go fuck myself on this. But uh, <laughs> I gotta focus on what I have. Oh, you mean like an entire arsenal to yourself? Yeah, I'm sitting in my like childhood bedroom with like an amp, four amps so surrounding me. Which Hell yeah. No point, but no. Yeah. Okay, so I have a lighter setup right now. You know how many yeah. pedals I'm looking at? Endeavor. You know how many pedals I'm looking at with my light setup? No. 11. <laughs> One of which is a zoom multi effect, which you could run nine pedals at once on it. So yeah, they're great. To be they? fair, to be fair, Better Off Shred sent me five pedals. Like some of them are, they're going back. 
you know, I'm keeping the, the wolf computer cloned. It's a shark computer, we've called it. But uh -huh. four of them aren't going to be mine. Four of them are going home at some point. I see. I mean, 11 pedals is not extreme. But it's my light setup. Yeah, <laughs> that's, my, that's, that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, gear is such a disease, isn't it? Like, I don't know how... how... Way to de-stress, like looking at gear and then getting obsessions or something. Dude, me too. It's like fun for like it, it reminds me of like growing up where you know I had friends and everything, but a lot of my best Friday nights were just staying home and watching music videos. Like to me, there's nothing like you know, you get some tea or some kratom or whatever your poison of choice is, you crank some <laughs> tunes on your headphones, and you just look at gear. It's yeah. a great night for me, it's a good yeah. time. I set the filter on the reverb to like made in the seventies and fucking under five hundred dollars and just yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Code to Contra calls it scheming, and this is a variation of what you and I have been talking about. All right. Sometimes it's just more fun to scheme than it is to acquire. Yeah, big time, and like make <laughs> fake pedal chains and lists. And yes. Absolutely. I, I've been very guilty of that. But we seem to be... I think, I think it's also, like, I had this experience now, and this relates to, like, a childhood story of mine. It was a Christmas. I got the Nintendo GameCube for Christmas, but the, it didn't include, like, the SCART cable, so I could never plug it in where we were for Christmas. So I was reading the manual to the game, like whatever game I got, I think it was Mario Kart or something. And I was like learning everything about it before I had the chance to even play it. And I was like envisioning which characters I was. I was like practicing on the contro controller and shit. And I was getting completely obsessed with it. And then I was, I got the chance to play it later. This is exactly how I was waiting for the TR-606 to come. Like, I had it all planned out in my head, how I would sync it up here, how I would keep it, like, in, yeah, how it would, like, which effects to run it through and everything like that. And I found out that my Analog 4 has, like, a port to configure the MIDI out to be a DIN sync out instead, so it could work with the 606. Uh, I dug out my SQ1 and I figured out that, you know, I could get a trigger out from the 606 to go uh, a sync in on the SQ1 or SQ1. And then I could take that MIDI out to control to like sync up the Octatrack or whatever. So just the reading and the planning is definitely part of my gear experience in general not only with fake gear dreams but also with like actual gear i'm excited for you that sounds like a really cool chain um which big shout out to procarst nation who i really enjoyed my god to. yeah what a i'm what excited a to hear dude that it's so amazing uh, i i have i just want to say that i definitely intend to to like pay him what it's worth but like just the absolute like bro move that was is is 
is uh, incredible to me. And I also felt like I, I kind of needed it. I know I said to you in PM that like unemployment has been awesome and I do like it kind of, but like it also kind of comes and goes in wearing you down a bit. Like I think I've applied for 30 jobs and been called to one interview. And it's, it's such an arduous more... process oh, applying for anything. So, so I'm hard. with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm looking to do my PhDs instead now. I don't want to work. Working is awful. And I have an interview on Tuesday, which I'm dreading, for a management consulting firm, you know, which is just like devil, de devil firm. I hope they don't listen to this. I'm sure their algorithms will find me and they will listen to this and uh, I won't get the job, but that's worth it. I mean, I don't want to work there. I've been at my company seven years and I'm just very candid. You know, I, I have a relationship with my colleagues that I'm sure is going to backfire one day, not because they're, you know, bad as people, but it's just the nature of the game. Right. I'm, yeah. you know, but I, I'm very transparent about like, Oh yeah, Patrick, you know, you're so good at your work and everything. And you take so much pride in what you do. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's because you think our mission is important. Right. And I'm just like, no, no, no. <laughs> I always say it to my boss. I'm like, uh, no, the last thing the world needs is another marketing consultant. Yeah. Like, we're good. I just, you know, I, I, I'm very, I guess I'm very motivated by my colleagues' success. You know, I want them to be successful. But as far as the mission, I don't care. No. Yeah. And, like, I, I fucking hate this thing where we have to really care about Like, you could work in a factory at some point and like not give a fuck about what was produced but like care about your colleagues and your own success more than the fucking company that you're working for or whatever and now it's like so i watched the uh, two episodes of the place the other week and it was a terrible time i have you seen it what what show what show the good place oh i've heard of it i haven't seen it i don't even know what it's about <laughs> so it's it's uh it's like this lady, she dies and ends up in heaven. And the heaven is like where 1% of the goodest people go. Like they get uh, likes or whatever for all their good deeds. And they get dislikes for all their bad deeds. And the main character was actually a bad person, but got there by mistake. And she was a bad person because she like worked for some sales company that ripped off old people or whatever. But it like... Within two episodes, she didn't really give a fuck, but she just like kind of want to earn some money. Whereas everyone else who was there rightfully was like, "Oh yeah, I give a million dollars to charity." So, like, I was a good person, but like, ugh, I, yeah, I'm with you where I think you're going. Yeah, it's it's just why do we need to care so much about this? And like, are so much. Of our identity needs to be like part of our work, which is super draining because at this point I'm just trying to find an income. And I guess it has led me to apply to this management consulting firm, but only because like I went to the right uni courses, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah. We're, we're doing, um, actually, I really shouldn't even get into this just in case, but uh, I'll <laughs> skip something else. I'll have a, like a very candid moment here. 
the inverse is applicable in the sense that people expect you to place worth on them for their jobs. And this has been a problem with relationships in the past. They're just like, oh, you don't like me because of like, I work at CVS. I'm just like, actually, I've always just liked you for who you were, you know? Yeah. Like, why are you putting this on me? If you have self-worth issues, that's absolutely fine. But don't put it on me. I've never needed you to be anything more than what you are. Ever. You know? And, uh, yeah. I, I think it's, 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 a, it's a, to some degree, it's like a sector thing or like a class thing. Like, no one would blame coal miners for, like, climate disasters, right? Right. Whereas, like, the clerks at fucking J.P. Morgan Chase or something, like, they should feel bad about it. What do you mean? Can you just expound upon that a little bit more? I, like, I think I'm a little lost. Like, whoever works at just, like, as a bank teller or something for for the Lehman Brothers. I mean, I don't. I know they don't exist anymore. But like some oh, yeah, evil company, yeah, yeah. like um, does customer service for Monsanto, Napalm Inc. Or you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we expect those people to feel bad, even though they're the ones not pulling the strings. Just want to work in a way. Like they just want an income. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Like the people that called the shots at those banking companies, in my mind, like in the old West, if you stole a man's horse, you got hung because yeah, it wasn't just a good. You prevented a man's like way of getting around in livelihood. If you stole, if if someone didn't have a horse, it was essentially a death sentence in a lot of cases. Right. And I think the same way about horses as I do capital, because and that's why I think right. like the guys at Wells Fargo should be tried for human rights violations. And even with yeah, everyone yeah, involved time. in the in the 2008, you know, financial, like, they got away with murder, you know? Yeah, quite literally. I'm not, I, I'm not trying to, like, you know, do this holier-than-thou thing, but I think a lot of people agree. Like, how no one was held accountable, it's just, mm. it's remarkable. But tying it all back, yeah, if you work at the place... You know, I have friends that work at Goldman right now or like uh, other smaller banks. They're just trying to get by like everybody else. They're not yeah. pulling any strings. They're not in charge of, you know. And so I think what you were maybe getting at was like a sort of reverse elitism. People shunning those that work at these places even though they're not, right? Because I I'm trying to be with yeah. the superlative. You like in the, in like the progressive sphere of things yeah which which is very much like the i'd say like the left-leaning liberal kind of attitude towards things like who are comfortable but your individual choices should be the thing that propels the world future world into like a better future whereas that it just like you can't you can't like if everyone recycled you know the iraq war would still happen in, I don't know. Like the individual choices in the end, it seems to to matter a bit, but not too much. I think that's that's like a couple of prosecco glasses in. But uh, I know it's morning for you. So that seems strange, but like it, it's a. Uh, 
Uh, so if you were drinking Prosecco or not, I wouldn't even be phased. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, and, that sounds great. Hey, um, let's, do you want to talk go, about those, uh, that list again? Um, yeah, well, not really. let me go okay. through them because it's, it's kind of shocking that these are the top selling pedals. Number seven yeah. is Microcosm, which cool pedal. Wasn't cheap. Not a cheap pedal though either. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like the, I don't know what, the, the, I don't know what this is actually, because all of these are quite expensive. Number six is a Line 6 Pod Go. That's what people are excited about. You know what? There's this one Line 6 pedal that looks so damn good. I think it's the, uh, the Helix. I'm not going to look it up because it's more fun to do yeah. it this way. <laughs> um, yeah. But it has all the amp synths. This, that pedal is actually what inspired That's the Pod me to, get, Go to get my Zoom. Oh, same sort oh. of thing? Yeah, it talked about the amps and the the integrated like uh, interface, audio interface. It, that's so. That's what my Zoom has. It has all these different amp sims, and it has the USB. So, you know, I have an interface at my parents right now. I don't want to buy another one out here. So mm, I it, the Zoom was no. It's okay though because I use the Zoom as the interface. Excellent. Um, no, I just meant it sucks buying interfaces. Yeah, I'm honestly never going to get one again. I, I have a Focusrite 2 right now, which I think it's great, honestly. I think mine's a little fucked up with the, the levels, but you know what? I, I was really, really big on harsh noise in a while for a while, mm. like really into that world of bootleg tapes and whatnot. So what I like to do with that is you don't necessarily have to play into it. One time I was ripping a tape, and what I did was I took my tape deck it had a quarter inch output so i put it into the zoom and that's how i ripped the tape for like the people on whatever forum i was on and basically oh. the direction i hope to go is not become it's almost the inverse of what everybody else is doing everyone wants to become more in line with and by the way for the five people listening i know i said last episode that like well i'm gonna become more ingrained with technology and go that route i'm not um <laughs> but <laughs> But, you know, I have two Taz cams at home that I got for nothing, like four-track tape. That's oh, going to be my awesome. interface, essentially. That's awesome. And then when I'm done mastering, I'm going to put it into – Tobacco does this, by the way. He records on tape, puts it in the computer, and rearranges. Yeah, that's so that, – but that's awesome. So, you know, I, I've just been so spoiled with gear over the years that – Again, like, oh, I'm just going to really focus on what I have. You mean the thousands of tools at your disposal? Is that what you mean? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's definitely the same here. Like, I, I could be fine with another thing, but it's not because I'm fine with little. It's that I have a lot. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, crap, where were we so, going with that? So the microcosm's not cheap. None of these pedals are on the list. No, and next one also, number five most sold on Reverb, according to this list, that isn't the same as you. Yeah. Have, but is the Chase Bliss preamp pedal, like with the automated faders? That's, that's my number six on my list. So, you know, same thing, but... Maybe they chose... Uh, this kind of goes to one of the perspective topics you and I were going to talk about, like corn or like mud vein. They had to have had people that showed up at their shows before they were signed, right? And you just want to think, like, who were those people? 
Who went to Mudvayne's garage gig? And that's what I think about these Chase Bliss pedals. I'm like, who's buying these? Yeah. I don't know who's buying them. But, I mean, you gotta figure that... No, I, I really don't know. Like, what would that bring you more than, like, a G7 would? All questions, none of which I have answers to. <laughs> I, I, I really don't know. Like, at, the, at a certain point, like, I, the automated faders are cool. Is it people really into robots? I don't know. I don't know. It's just maybe, yeah. Maybe it's just not even true, right? Reverb might just be telling us this because spend a lot of money on it. You know, it's number great, four is, is a bit cheaper, though. What is great? What's great is, and I'm guilty of this in the past, is what's great is there's people that are going to be upset about this. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, like, I, 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 I am as, like, a bit, you know, because I, I do care. Like you, I do care about ILF. I do care about the gear world. But at the same time, you know, there's a line in my code, and I think you're similar, the, the code of which, you know, our programming and how we approach the world in life. There is the line that just, it always defaults to, Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't actually care that much, but it's yeah. mind boggling, but also I kind of imagine that the people who would like buy the chase bliss pedal would be fun to make fun of, you know, like at a party, like yeah. suddenly make fun of them, which is, and I hope they make fun I of me love too. Doing. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun when people make fun of me also. Like, I, 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 I appreciate I appreciate being made fun of for my gear tastes or whatever. You know, that's fine. But it's, it's fun making fun of people. Um, well, period. But also, especially people who are into the Chase Bliss preamp pedal. And there's nothing like... So you just listened to the one I did with Kent earlier in the year. One of the points I really hope I got across is a lot of the time... There's no maliciousness in it or ill intent. It's just a lot of times, like, it's an exercise of creativity just talking yeah. shit. I think, yeah, I think talking shit brings us forward in a way. And I think <laughs> that it also brings, like, if people were to, like, so have you listened to the very standard kind of post-rock album I did with my band, who I love? It, but it, it sounds very post-rocky. And it was, like, maybe at the tail end of post-rocks. Like, it was 2016 when we released that album. And, like, by that time, there were a lot of post-rock records coming out. I haven't and, listened to it. I will, though. Well, yeah. And I'm not just saying point. it to be polite. Like, oh, I'll put no, it on no. the list, but I will but listen. <laughs> it's four songs, at least that. But, like, it's... um. I internalized a lot of the, the like overwhelming critique against post rock. Like there was a lot being made fun of it, and like I know my good friends call it crescendo core and all that stuff, which is funny. I've never heard that. That's funny. Yeah, that I like is that funny. Title. And like I think when the band was working on, we were working on like a second album for a while, and we made some other songs that were instrumental and reverby, but they were very different. And like, I think 
it, it like got to us um, with how like post rock became so dated so quickly. And I think that's good. It is good because, because then with nostalgia cycles, you're going to look back at this like seven to 10 years from now. You know what I mean? You're going to be like, oh. Yeah, right. Like I do sincerely get nostalgic for the 2014, whatever it sounds for, you know, the shimmer reverb, the ambient swells that were super popular at the time. I, I call yeah. 2014 pedal core. Like you're watching these YouTube videos in 2014. They are all variations of a theme. But I yeah. like that. I kind of like it too. And as I said in my like uh, analysis of the last couple of years, like 2014 maybe was the last year that wasn't significantly worse than the year previous. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm I with think you so. That. And maybe that has influenced the way I listen to music also. But I don't know. I don't know. A lot of cool records came out that year. Like which ones? Uh, Tobacco's Il Ultima Massage, which is... I, I, everyone makes fun of me because I say this a lot. Because I listen to so much music. Ergo, I'm going to have an inflated stat of a lot of favorites. But right. Tobacco is literally a top like 10 artist of all time for me. Yes, I like making lists. I know most people are like, oh, lists are dumb, but... Again, something I, I love make this. fun of, but I enjoy them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, um, I'll go, I'll give it a listen. Ultimate oh, have, you, have you listened to Tobacco? Never, dude. This is like, this is again. This is specific to you. This isn't me recommending. Like, oh, have you have you seen Remember the Titans? That's a great movie, and, only, and people are recommending yeah, it because yeah, it's, yeah. it's the only fucking movie they've ever seen. So, of course, it's yeah, gonna, yeah, I've seen. I, I made but a playlist I, called Sharky and I added it to it. So I, I think specifically to you because of the music I know you make and the music I know you like to listen to. This is like for you, right. essential fucking listening. Like you're going to love it. I, I'm excited I, for I'm you. Done. I'm done. I'm very down. Now. Um, like if there's a guy wanna... that you don't know that you should listen to, it's to, again, this is you. This isn't the listeners right now. This is Nils. Right. Tobacco yeah, but, is as essential as Kurt Vonnegut's Slaughterhouse Five to literature, you know? Mm. Oh, I haven't read that. But that, I that, that's 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 an abstract. That's not the point. Like and, no, I, I you're, you're you also I, I read a lot. I just only read nonfiction. Like you know, with the the politics yeah. stuff. Like that's all I read. Which okay, is then tobacco because... is as essential to you as like the wealth of nations or something. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> I haven't read Wealth of Nations either. That, that's, because, again, uh, not the know, point. That, it's just, it. it's... Like that, that's not the point. I, I realize that too. I, I will definitely do that. I'll, I'll give you an example for me. I hadn't mm -hmm. heard of the band Polvo, and my best friend was like, Oh, it, yeah. Though he talked to me the way somebody. I, I got into them years ago, but before when I hadn't heard of them, my friend talked to me the way a teacher would when you missed your homework assignment. He's like, Pat, for you, essential fucking listening. And yeah. he was right. He was Yeah. <laughs> Paul was great. Are great. Was I I don't know. But they're great. 
so I, I know I've kind of like beaten this point with like a you know I don't even know what the idiom is like oh, the dead horse or what I'm stupid but the point <laughs> for you tobacco it's completely there's no it's not a universal thing for you I literally think this is going to become as essential as hydrogen is on the periodic table of elements shit in your that's listening a, diet that's like the most essential yeah well I, or, uh, I'll definitely give it a listen. Mm. Do yourself a favor and start with uh, I'm gonna type this to you. Start with Maniac Meat. Came out a, a huge All record right. in my life. Came out in 2010. Then do Ultimate. Uh, uh, giving you homework. Uh, which yeah. I have to do. I have to do my homework for procrastination. I need to find him a mic for his clarinet because everything that he said on the podcast about miking a clarinet sounds way more complicated than it needs to be. But you know what do I know? Could be the best way possible. Miking no? a clarinet? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about that. It, it sounded really convoluted and complicated the way he wanted to do it. I, I got to take this back. just put a mic? I don't know. We're talking about 2014, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 2014. I can't even think of a, a record that came out then. But we were talking about pedals. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it oh, back yeah. to our list. Uh, number four is MXR version of Timmy. So that's I have no fine. idea what that is. That makes sense. I... No, but the, the Paul Cochran Timmy pedal, like the transparent overdrive. Okay. You don't know it? The blue one? No, no. And, and for the, again, for the four people listening, I'm going to, I'm into this stuff. So I'm going to read this list. And I just should have done it before. The, uh, well, well, okay. MXR did a mini version of the Timmy pedal, which is like, you know, it's like, um, it's like Deviever era. Oh, TGP, okay. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like it had the waiting list that was, you know, at that point it was six months waiting list. And I was like, fuck that. Six months, but fuck that. But, um, the uh, I think no, I don't want to say too much. But like MXR made a version of it, so there you go. And next is a JHS Bender number three, which is a Tone Bender Mark III copy. And then number two, Chase Bis Bliss Blooper. And like, how is that the second most sold pedal on Reverb? It, it, it really goes to support the thesis you and I, not the thesis, but the proposition you and I put forth earlier in the episode. And that's that pedal culture. Yes, there was an overlap. Perhaps ILF was ahead, like on a bell curve before, but it's past yeah. us now. And that's why I think we're yeah. for Prime. Because, you know, 2014, that pedal wouldn't have sold. And, and now it's the second best-selling yeah. pedal. One, just because of the functions. It goes to yeah. show you how popular pedal culture is. Two, it's an expensive so, pedal. Again, it's like $500. Yeah, it's, it, I think it's way past ILF. And I think the number one spot on this list really hammers that home. Because it's the pedal that I love Doom. Like, if... It's the pedal that would have been made for Isle of Doom, the now defunct area of Isle of Fuzz, which is the Earthquake Devices Life pedal made in conjunction with Sun 
for life metal, which is, you know, no one on Isle of Fuzz talks about it. It's because it's a distortion with an octave. Exactly. <laughs> it's a rat. It's a rat. And like, um, it's just a rat. And yeah, well, cool. The number one most sold pedal. Does that many people even listen to Sun? How many listens does did yeah, I was latest? gonna say, thank you for saying that. I was gonna say that. Remember when they were sort of a niche obscure band, and now same with Boris to a degree, and now they're they're it's like selling out stadiums. That could yeah. be an exaggeration, by the way. But well, I mean, <laughs> let's see here. Life Metal, the first one has, yeah, it has like half a million listens on Spotify. It's still not. It's still kind of niche. Are you telling My me favorite... that like more people bought the pedal than listened to the band? That seems completely likely and like probably the case. Okay, Earthquaker does have a few a huge following because I used to make fun of them, but they they make an excellent pedal. And uh, if you ever want a ringing endorsement, I saw Primitive Man in yeah. uh, back in the times where we could go to concerts. Um, oh man! And their whole board was full of Earthquaker. So because I'm a shallow prick, that obviously help change my opinion like okay if they're using it then well i never really like i don't assume that because like i like a band i i respect them as in my own simpson comic book guy way of like looking at gear like i think a lot of the artists i like don't care as much about gear as i do and don't like have the very very specific opinions on jhs as i do and I'm not going to hold them accountable for, like, you, you know, using a fucking... It's like your garage band. It's like the, the guys who just didn't know what that amp was. And like, oh, no, it's, it makes, it makes uh, it's loud. It's cool. Yeah, exactly. And Earthquaker is, like, kind of attainable. And it's everywhere and reputable. And they make every fucking distortion pedal under the sun. Kind of cool. Ha, 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 you know? under the sun. We start throwing uh, up on the pot. Uh, so, well, these are two interesting choices. Yes. Uh, no, no, after you, back to not respecting people. Like, you were a co- YouTube comment guy? I was, but I left mostly positive stuff. So, Lord Galvar is one of my, is probably hands down my favorite oh, demoer. Yeah. And so yeah, it, it, it's nonsense. If you see somebody that responds ring a ding ding on all his videos because it's a <laughs> reference to ring modulators, that's me. Okay, all right. Ring a ding 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 a ding dong. Look who's back to make his song. It's just like utter nonsense and incoherent. I, I leave like... Amazon reviews like that too, though. Oh, really? Like, I, I like these pants so much I would let the maker like fuck my sister. Like stuff like that. It's just I see, I see. completely that's outrageous that's positivity. Funny. <laughs> that's funny. I don't have a that's sister, funny. by the way. I don't. Have a oh well, poor pants. But yeah, um, maybe maybe I should. No, I'm not <laughs> what were um, you saying? Because like, there is a speaking about like pedal culture, synth culture, and all that stuff. Like a lot of it is going on on Instagram, obviously, and Reddit, but also like in YouTube comment sections, people seem fucking on fire about gear but they they don't channel that in like a conversational way they just like 
barrage some popular YouTube's comment section with like their opinions on things. And I can't see anything more meaningless and a, like an individual trait that I respect less than like channeling your gear opinions onto like YouTube. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, first of all, YouTube comments, you should never read them. But if you do, you should never respond to them. And you sh certainly shouldn't be the person, like, making them. Because it's like... A... Like, the YouTubers who say that they like to have a dialogue with their subscribers, they're, they're perverts. Like, I don't know what they mean with that. Because that, that, that doesn't happen. Like, the smaller channels might. With... Like, I have three people that comment on my YouTube, which is Ugly Nora. It is um, Hovercraft something. He makes excellent demos. And some French guy. And I like them. Uh, but it's because, like, 200, there's 200 views on my, on my videos, right? Like, it, there's nobody who watches them. And then it, it like, we, we talk a little bit. But, like, if someone has 5 million views on, like, a, a video about some custom guitar or, like, a clone pedal, I don't see what the point is. Now, this is an extension of other things that you and I were talking about earlier in the episode. The prospect of fame being unappealing. And I see this as an extension for yourself. You don't want it. You don't want the yeah, dialogue, I suppose you know? So. I mean, you do I mean, with the, the close friends. The dialogue somewhere else. It isn't me pe making a video at other people and then responding and me not giving at. a fuck. Like, That's yeah. a key word. That's a key yeah, word. Exactly. I think it, it, this is all an extension. I you know, I'm speculating, but the real objective personality attribute you find deplorable and these YouTube comments are only an extension of it is one-sided conversations. Am I fair to say that? I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense. It's, it's just buying into a thing that is, like, as if you're a bot or, like, you're employed to, like, make someone feel good. But I don't know. I mean, I... I, 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 I had a term for it. Yeah? Yeah, I used to, because Ilf can kind of be like this sometimes. I call it the press release comments. Like, yes. when someone comes out and everybody and their mother, like... <laughs> Look, no hard and fast rules. This is one of the appeal of Ilf to me is the chaos. Like, yeah. I like the flippers. I like the people projecting their opinion and the exchange. But yeah. one of the things, like, you don't need to... And there was a thread that I just made fun of that I do kind of agree with. But just because it's out there, you don't have to feel compelled to comment. If you have an opinion, that's great. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all about that. Have opinions, but... Don't feel compelled. It almost reminds me with politics, like after a shooting, the president has to make a point to say like, oh, I don't, I don't condone this. I don't advocate this. And you're like, of course you don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, they put, yeah, as a president, I can kind of understand it, but it serves no actual purpose because it's symbolic, right? Like, well, I am not on the side of the shooter. And that's it. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's it's there. There's no. But people think they have to get their pedal, their uh, their opinion out about like another filtered fuzz. Like, 
how many comments have you seen? And by the way, people that do this, I am actually really good friends with. It's not per- an attack yeah, on their too. personal character, but uh, I like, also do this oh, myself. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Me too. <laughs> Just to get that out of the way. Yeah, I love doing that. By the way, when you call attention to. By the way, I'm one hundred percent guilty of this. I love those yeah, moments yeah, in life. But, but, like to pretend that I'm not <laughs> like self-loathing. It's that would be. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so they, they feel like, oh, I have to like get my opinion out on this filtered fuzz. And you more often than not, the opinion is this looks good, but I already have stuff. <laughs> and, 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 and this is actually, you know, I'm making fun of this, but this is another reason I think we're heading into a golden age is because we are a lot of the regular users here are at that point, like that they're comfortable with their gear and have been for some time. So the appeal of another filtered fuzz is almost like zero. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But they're but they're putting they're making a point to tell people like, oh, this looks great, but I have this, this, and that. It's just which I you know, playing devil's advocate with myself here, but I do see how that has worth. Somebody that might be considering an expensive pedal, right? Like a two hundred twenty dollar filtered fuzz. Someone says something and they're just like, wait a minute, I have those two pedals already. You're telling me you could use yeah. that injunction and get similar sounds? Yeah. So I, yeah, I do see good. I do see how it's helpful and I actually again do see how this contributes to a golden what I think Ilf was meant for was this exchange of ideas. Yeah. And I think Ilf is a place for this that you know without it I wouldn't have anywhere except like YouTube comments. Because I guess, you know, if I was desperate, I'd go on Reddit, but I, I do loathe the community there. Oh, no, thank you. I sound you. like a yeah. very hateful person, <laughs> but I'm not, actually. But, like, I like Alifuzz because it, it, you know, there's some deliberation going on about this I, stuff. And it, and it, yes, and in exchange, and the whole points for liking system is just sickening. Yeah. Yeah. Because... You could curate, and this is where I'm glad gear culture has outgrown ILF because it. You, I have this philosophy in life called keeping down with the Joneses as opposed to keeping up with the Joneses. You have worse shit than people so that nobody wants to steal your stuff. You know? Right. Yeah. Like, tell me what model car you're getting so I could get the one below it. So if people get on the block and want to steal a car, they're going to take yours. This is absolutely, by the way, how. Uh, bikes work in the Netherlands. Like, yes. you don't want a nice bike because it'll get stolen the moment you park it somewhere. Everyone drives the shittiest bike you can imagine, but they use it every day for everything. And it works like that. Like, I met someone who came, uh, she was American, and like, she like electric bike uh for like a thousand dollars i was like that's probably not a great investment just like no it's electric it'll be awesome that like within a week the battery was stolen and then the next week like the entire bike was stolen so yeah just like an anecdote about what you're saying I just want to call out when you told me it was like bikes in the Netherlands. I went, yes, as if I know. 
<laughs> I yeah, agreed with him. Like, yep, that's but, true. Like, and yeah, then I'm like, yeah, but it is true. I mean, everyone knows it. I suppose it's just how it is. It's like a sharing, involuntary sharing system. Like uh, how conservatives imagine con- communism or something. Like everyone just taking your shit. I've had bikes stolen. It sucks to walk everywhere. So, the Netherlands. Yeah. We're going back to my things that I wrote. I want to know. I'm slamming my notebook on the table. Like I'm, like I'm trying to win like a court of law. I want to know about the pants. I want to know about these Dutch pants. With uh, fuck. I, I, I wanna, and fake like, zippers and shit. <laughs> if you don't want to no, talk about it, that's fine too. It's just hard to explain. Like It's like, you know, ripped a little bit, but then sewn back together with other similar material is like the aesthetic dude that's the way i'm going i have so many jeans with rips at the crotch and no, i but like, like my if jeans that's accidentally that's fine no but, but the way i'm gonna like stitch that. it back together is like a textured way basically i'm gonna cut up another pair of pants that i bought that was too small and i'm gonna start patching like you're gonna mm. shoot me i like that style <laughs> i did what you're no, describing but you, you don't know what you're talking about patrick like if you <laughs> went to if you went to the netherlands and just like looked at people's pants you you'd know what i'm talking about not if you hang out with like maybe some cooler people like musician people or whatever but like just the regular plebs <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. This is like Like, the best family melodrama ever where I'm just like this father coming in or, you know, your brother. Like, I like those pants and you just like get up in front of the family like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, it's true. He doesn't know what he's saying. (laughs) Please. Okay, so I sent you a video when you said if I hung out with the cooler people. The video I sent you is a pretty famous one now called The Worst Rave Ever. Oh and I'm yeah. Finding, I'm finding as I get older, that's the stuff I want to go to. The ones with the people who are quote unquote cringeworthy. Like that's what I like now. I don't know. There's nothing worse than trying to I use the word pageantry a lot. There's nothing worse mm-hmm. than like trying to again and also keeping up the Joneses. There's nothing worse than like people that try to be cool or or read like any techno interview ever and they're like doing these macho yeah, yeah, yeah. metal bands are very guilty of this like the whole macho posing it's like bro you're not a warrior because you use feedback like yeah you know I, i'm looking at the video now and that it looks pretty lit like that that's exactly <laughs> what i mean that's that seems like people having fun and that's different like it's 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 kind of depressing scolding people for having fun, and I feel that about a lot of these niche things, I suppose. But like, but like, but I can scold people when they're not having fun. They they they're just hanging out. They could just be better looking. That I I find that a different thing, like a cringe thing. But this is damn. This is cringe. That's those are the people I want to hang out with though, because there's a degree. It seems fun. I'm projecting a bit, but there's a degree of like being so comfortable in your own skin that you're like, you know what? I'm going to, I, I'm, I'm going to the Brony rave. Sure. Yeah. People want to exactly. make fun of me, then so be it. Yeah. I see what and, you mean. And again, I kind of not that I'm saying Ilf is like Bronies, but this is why I like Ilf. It's like the people that want to be there. There's nothing more rewarding 
than being at a place where the people around you also want to be there. And that's what I really liked about a university environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like my, 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 my minor was philosophy. Mm -hmm. And so when you go to like the study groups and whatnot to exchange ideas, they, you know, you're not there because you know, you thought it was going to be a viable career. Like if you went to an engineer, as a counter example, if you went to an engineer, yeah, yeah. like people just want to make money or, and there's certainly people that have a passion for engine. My housemate is actually one of them. He's a pretty high up industrial oh, awesome. engineer, but excellent with philosophy. You're there. Cause you want to be the brony con. Yeah. You're there. Cause you want to be Ilf, You're there. Cause you want to be. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. I think that to some degree, some people like the the flippers and whatnot, they might not want to be there as much. But uh, yeah, maybe Ilf is way more cringe than I imagine it to be. Like I'm like, oh, everyone's so cool there, but maybe everyone thinks that we're lame. Patrick, have you thought of that? Which is <laughs> a joke, but. We're obviously the coolest people on the internet. In the spirit of full transparency, I'm, I'm peeing in a grapefruit juice bottle right now because oh, damn, we're having such I a good f- conversation. Shit, I'm, uh, but is... also, no, no, speaking of cringe and people being cringe, like... Yeah. <laughs> um, excellent. Yeah, uh, all I done. I was, I, so... I was just on mute. Uh, okay, I'm, uh, excellent. I'm no, a huge fan of the piss bottle, by the way. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> obviously, you emptied them, but... Um, I, I don't know. Yeah. I think I think we could be pretty, pretty cringile, which is fine yeah. though. It's fine. Yeah, it's good. I'm I'm enjoying it. I I I wanted to talk to you about movies, by the way, which yeah. is something you seem very into, and I almost know nothing about. Like I think I wrote in my topic list that my taste in movies is extremely reactionary, in the like political sense, in that I mainly know and have watched old westerns and shark movies which are the same except like the environment it's about like one guy rising up with the power to defeat the sharknado or the the like bad guy right like the bounty hunter the nobody I never thought of that you're absolutely right the they, are, they are thematically similar it's a man versus uh the world versus something yeah whether it's An the incompetent or... sheriff or government and a, a harsh world and, and a, a villain. Yeah. Which is the shark, but like, or the posse that is robbing trains or whatever. You know what I like about shark movies? I, I realized this, we, we were rewatching Jaws 2 one day, my friends and I. Mm. There's a scene in Jaws 2 where they're on the sailboat, tips over, and the shark eats the person's friend in front of him. <laughs> And I'm wondering, like, in reality, how do you explain that to a parent? Like, you know, people overdose at, uh, overdose at, like, a party or something. Like, oh, they shouldn't have been doing drugs. Like, the thing against drugs. But sharks are just yeah. part of nature. Like, you're the away team. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you went I into the ocean. Mean. Like. <laughs> yeah. It's. It becomes more. Like, with Jaws, at least the shark is explainable. But, like, with Ghost Shark, that sucks <laughs> even harder, you know? Or Toxic Shark or whatever. 
I mean, I, I think it would be a lot easier to break the news to a parent that their kid died in like a car crash, you know, accidents mm. happened. Maybe the guy was drunk driving. Like there's an injustice to it. But with a ghost shark, I mean, that's just. He was drinking a glass of I don't know what the. Yeah, doing. that's. <laughs> needed to see the ghost shark wherever they were. The poor guy just drank a glass of water or swam in the pool. Incredible oh, movie. I, but, I haven't seen that one. I'm writing it down. My homework assignment. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's good. It's... I don't know how I got into shark movies. But... Like... I imagine it's kind of the similar thing as some music in that I was pretty alone in being into it. Did you know, by the way, that, that Jaws was Fidel Castro's favorite movie? I wonder why. I did not know that, but now he, I want to know he, why. Uh, he, he, uh, he said that the shark represented capitalism. And like that all of the... And it's a, it's pretty kind of cynical way to look at it I think is that the shark is the manifestation of all possible problems the one obstacle that stands between like a nice day at the beach and death and despair and like if you only beat the shark everything will be good like everyone will be alright and I, I want to believe that Phil Castro also realized that this might not be the truth not that I have a particular respect for him or anything. It's just in this analogy, I suppose, that it, it re represented all the problems, but like manifested as one that you could blow up. I'm trying to wrap my head around this as an abstract, it, it, but and for some reason, my brain I is like... I might be making hey, that up, but... Well, let's pretend it's I true am. then. I, I'm yeah. good with that. Let's just pretend it's true. It's Fido. And you know what? Let's add, it was also Edie Amin's favorite movie and Pol Pot. Everybody loved Jaws. All the... Which, I think you know, so. I guess, I guess I mean, Castro wasn't quite on that level of a genocidal dictator, but even so, let's just, you know what? Yeah. It was awesome. It might be George's, like, George Bush's uh, favorite movie. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if I'm taking it literally, the whole reason they fought the shark is so capitalism can reign. It was going to completely ravage the economy of that beach town if the shark was killing people. Shit. Uh, I guess he didn't think about that. No, uh, you know what I mean? Like, oh, he's defeating capitalists. The whole reason they're after the shark in the first place is so that the beaches could stay open. The town's economy completely relies on the beach. Yeah. But so does, like, say, the the health... But that that's not necessarily capitalist. Like, the economy is a stand-in for, like, we don't understand it as like, oh no, the people who has invested in the town might be poor then. But we understand it as like the people whose food it relies on and the people who, um, you know, have to go out and fish in that area. And ultimately is about their well-being more than like capitalism as in like investing in things and like, oh, the this investor person had uh, plans to build this big... Uh, thing on the beach right like it's it's more about the local people and then the analogy actually works like if it's the one thing standing between well-being and misery okay 
I'm because still, that's also I'm what the still economy kind of needs. I'm, tr- I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to get to. Well, I, mean, I think mostly when people talk about the economy, people don't actually mean the things like you know the stock market and like the the big line go up. They mean stuff like being able to afford a house and food and have a job and got know, it. Be comfortable. That's yeah. That's one meaning of like that falls under the umbrella of the economy usually but what the economy i you know to some degree at least it means all of those things but it also means stuff like the investments and all that stuff that people tie to those things but it doesn't necessarily have to be that that's just that's just how we do things now okay okay so I want to, I want to, I'm not like trying to debate. I want to work with the analogy, right? I want to, so, <laughs> but at the same time, right? Okay. No, I, I'm following your statement. So an income needs to come from the beach being open. The shark is obstructing that. Ergo, it's obstructing the well being of er- all right, I like do the get fishermen. It I've, get I've the worked fish for the village. Yeah, I, I get right. it. I get it. So, and let's I don't say, mean to be lecturing. No, no, no. It's good. I, I, I just again, I, I, I feel it, and I hope most people realize this because I try to come across this way. I wasn't trying to. Be, I'm trying to understand, and I think I get it now. The the rhetoric of it. Okay, well, so the shark affects the well being. So take it away from the literal nature of. The beach being closed to consumers. The shark, shark signifies no income stream to be distributed. Ergo, I suppose. Okay. Yeah. I, I. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Fidel Castro um, didn't. Maybe it wasn't that deep. You know. Maybe he just liked the movie. It's also possible. <laughs> Fidel Castro's quote, like his obituary: "Shark it, scary." <laughs> It's not that deep, Spooky. man. Like... <laughs> Steven Spielberg is a master of suspense and one of America's <laughs> greatest export. Wait a minute. How did he get... I, I mean, obviously... We had an embargo on Cuba. There's no way... I mean, obviously, you know, it would have been... The negative for the projection would have been, you know, given under the tables or something. But I kind of find that funny that for a country we had an embargo the United okay but sorry I'm a moron this is the problem he might have seen it before though like he might have not just sat in the palace and like oh what's on like you know he might have seen it before Fidel Castro was watching TNT and he watched he watched commercials wait no it wasn't out before the what Oh, no, the embargo uh, happened after the music, the Cuban Missile Crisis, and then then nineteen it, Jaws came out in seventy five, yeah, seventy six maybe. So, man, maybe even earlier. Yeah, I'm not going to look it up because I, I kind of no, hate that for where our culture is going. Like, oh, let me know. Like, let's just pretend. No, um, yeah, let's pretend. So, but I let's guess any pretend. other country could have traded the negative for something else. It's not just. Or like, he could have gone outside of Cuba. He went, to, he went to Florida to watch Jaws. <laughs> he was like, I like that it. idea. I, I should have not done this. It all, imagine how much I like this movie. 
I, just, I, I could have liked so many Hollywood movies. Like, <laughs> I, I think, I think possibly, maybe that's a thing I can sometimes arrive at. Like, I don't need to care that much about politics. I could just enjoy, you know, music and stuff instead. Like, it doesn't have to be as big part of my life as it is. But I also do enjoy it. It's a pervert yeah. thing, I suppose. Yeah. I'm yeah. looking at this list still. I keep coming back to it. I have Dutch pants written down, but we don't have to talk about that. Even though I think, I think I'd find them very cool. I kind of like patches and embroidery. Yeah, but you say that. It's more the model and everything, but also the patching and the fake zippers and all that stuff. Like... I'm not saying I'm not doing this to like look it up. I'm just trying to see if this is like a a collective experience. Like I'm I'm gonna Google Dutch pants and see if there's any like BuzzFeed top ten ugliest Dutch pants. Uh, no. Like <laughs> what? Hey, can I go back to that line six for a second? The pod. Yeah. So basically, this is how, and again, this is how I got inspired to get my Zoom. This guy was using a line. I think it's the Helix. This this dude that has a yeah. really cool setup. Like he's really into the extended ranges, multi-scale headless guitars. Which oh, I got my first headless guitar this year, and they are fantastic, by the way. Um, mm -hmm. I'll tell you about that in a second. This guitar, actually, no, I'm gonna tell you about it now, and then I'll come back to the line six. So I got a Stein. I got a Steinberger Spirit as my guitar out here, because, you know, I wasn't going to go months without playing guitar. I, 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 it was a big statement. I'd rather kill myself than not play guitar mm. for a couple months. Yeah, um, I had to do that. To another topic. The, the, you know what? I've done it twice in my life. And both times, you know, somebody else had a guitar, so you could borrow it, like, every now and then. But... Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish these thoughts, then I'm gonna ask you about your experience wait, with it. So, but can can I ask you to finish these thoughts and don't mind that yeah. I'm mute and I'll just go pee? No, no, I'll no, listen. please. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, I got the Steinberger Spirit, and it's fantastic. Honestly, again, as you know, I have like 15 guitars, all of which are below two hundred dollars, by the way. So none of my nothing in my collection was ever expensive per se, except my nine string. That's another story. So this guitar, if this was my first guitar, the Steinberger Spirit, I don't think I would have got another one. You know what I mean? Like when you actually, it's when you're younger, you get, you know, the gas and uh, you think something's going to be better. If I had this, I truly think I would have been done. It would have been, I would have been like even. They would have been my one and only. Point being though, this other guy who has really cool gear, it's like kind of cohesive, which I am a sucker for that too. I like a curated sense of gear. So but I, even if it's stuff I don't like, I like that people have conviction. Even is another great example of this. His stuff is always so cohesive to his being. You're a good example too. Dig Dug DIY is a good example. Owen's a good, there's a lot of great examples. But, uh, and the new guy, Cosmic Van, he's a great, because he just is so egalitarian with like everything. But not in an annoying way, you know? But anyways. So Yeah, right. The line Don't six. Me, so, like, but keep going. Yeah. This line six that I, uh, I think someone knocked on my door. No. Um, he, he was using the amp sims. He used all the outs. 
And essentially he was ampless because of the amp sims and with the outs, he, I don't know, that was his rig, man. He had all these pedals in different configurations and routings, like a pretty sophisticated pedal chain going into mm. the Helix that would just go into his monitors because he was living in an apartment and amp life is not, you know, as you're well aware, not the most conducive to that. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to do. Hmm. I, uh, I, I was using headphones for a while, just in the out of mine. Yeah. And it's not wonderful, but my housemates have a pretty awesome, you know, sound system and they, they have all, you know, it's, there's nothing greater than when people are like really, supportive of what you do they're just like no no yeah, no. use sure. our use our monitors please we want to hear you play guitar and you're and, you know you and i are like so critical of ourselves we're like what why would anyone want to do that exactly <laughs> yeah but that line six the helix looks like a fantastic pedal and i went that route because of it i was just like okay i want to have a one-stop shot and of course more pedals because of the disease into my my acquisition but i wanted it to be the amp the effect the pedal board and the uh interface and it is albeit so oh, and for no like uh, this helix is is more than just the amp simulator like what's preventing you from yeah, like yeah dude how much is it can i ask that well i don't have the helix i have a zoom g3x oh Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, I, I mean, I highly recommend. I got it for all of... I don't know the exact that's amount. That's yeah. I think. Yeah, but yeah. It was $124 was thinking... for everything that it came with, the Zoom. That's excellent. But, like, the, the, what I don't necessarily understand about having, like, a pedal chain and a, like, Line 6 pedal board thing is that they're meant to do everything. But, like, if you use it as just your amp, why don't you get, like, a thing for just the amplification? I think it's so you can have both. I mean... Yeah, I guess sure. so. I you mean, know what I mean? Like, more is more in a way, I suppose. But to me, a Devi Everfuzz is going to sound way... I'm not saying digital versus analog fuzzes are better or worse. I'm just saying a Devi Ever sounds different than anything... A lot of these boards have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With fuzz pedals, absolutely. And to some degree, also delay pedals. And, and yeah. No, to that's me, true. delay is not... I think you agree with this. Like, delay has two purposes. It can color the sound, but mostly people use it as a structural tool. Right. Yeah. For, I mean, it, it is... It adds like walls to things, I suppose. It it changes the riff completely, a delay pedal, in a different way than like I suppose reverb does or chorus does. So Yeah, this list is very fascinating. It's 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 gonna be nice to go back to this like five years from now, much like the twenty fourteen <laughs> shimmer verbs are a time capsule. Yeah. The fact that you have an octave distortion as number one, a very unique uh, granular looper I thing. I almost bought that, by the way, the blooper, but not not new. I, I try to, yeah. like you, and this is, I think you said this in one of your first podcasts, the one you did with uh, Willie. Yeah. Great guy, by Ages the way. Um, 
Yeah, great guy. Awesome per um most of my gear I got for a fraction of retail price. Like used market. And this is what I tell anybody getting into pedals because they think it's like they think it's Honestly, this is kind of how I approach everything in life, though. But they think, like, oh, I want to get this good pedal. What do I get? I'm like, dude, Craigslist is your best friend. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking around at my gear. Literally, I don't think any single thing except the time bender was bought new. The Island Fuzz pedal was bought new. Obviously, the pe like the pest had That's a different thing, though. That's, like that's everything. That's else. handmade, and somebody's like, Closet no, in their closet. <laughs> the micro granny I got new. I got, I did get that one. New. But you look for sales too. I'm sure. Like when I got, you know, the micro granny. It's not expensive. I I got a, well, yeah, there's that. But there was a while, kind of like the TV three or three. You couldn't even give a micro granny. Do you like remember that small fraction in time where nobody wanted them? Yeah, everyone thought they sucked. Yeah, beyond me. Except, I, I like, would I would get another one, honestly. <laughs> seriously. There, there's a, a demo I watched 20 times or something where someone has two of them and is playing like the same kind of thing on both of them. It's fucking amazing. But it, it, I don't think those people were on I Love Fuzz as much because like, I think I've influenced two people to get it. It's uh, DOS and it's Ugly Nora. And I think they the only were both other person hype. I think you, me, and uh, so, uh, I, you know, God rest her soul, but uh, Psychic Vampire yeah. was a fan too. So yeah. I remember, because that's what I remember. I remember me, you, and her were the three people that were like, no, this thing's awesome. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I'm so, I, 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 I thought about it the other day, Psychic Vampire. It's a, I think uh, I think I was posting in the music thread. I think it was a thread you oh, had uh, participated. Because you had mentioned on your previous podcast, you had talked about uh, Summer in My Veins, which is funny because yes. that album was such like, it's a time capsule of a certain point in my life. Made it. That's why I wanted to let you know. I was like, dude, I was so into this at one point. And then I went back it's to that so thread, good. which Psychic had originated that thread. Yeah. Yes, right. That's it. I'm exactly. gonna sound weird for a second. Mm -hmm. I look back so fondly at 2015. I have no idea why. Like 2015 was just, and we can. And this could sort of emanate into two ways. Like the the appeal of nostalgia, but also I do want to get into how you and I are similar musically, which we've been touching on uh, with the you know mm -hmm. preferences and gear. And that's why I think like tobacco is so 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 essential for you. I, I'm excited for you. You're to love but 2015 was a time of my life i just went to noise shows every weekend the shows were like five bucks it actually cost more to get into new york city and brooklyn than the shows <laughs> costed but that's around that time i was like 2013 2015 i was so into that stuff like summer in my veins and i remember when it came out because when it came out by the way much like things not trying to be cold on first impact that person was just posting on 4chan that's how I found it. Right. Yeah. Like it was literally them showing this album and it just struck a chord with so many people. Yeah. That that was I that I, I've never been a Forsham poster, but that has definitely happened with several albums. And I'm very 
like this is this is like a good thing about our current moment like in terms of music i was thinking about this the other day with like you know it's the same thing as like trying to manufacture a thing is super hard to do and like i think companies kind of or or like the music industry as such regularly fails at it all the time they're like oh check out this super cool new thing uh, we have pitbull here and like it it doesn't connect with anybody but it's just everywhere but like the current moment is much more 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 def is much less defined by that than i think we think of it as it's much more that like weird albums coming from the internet and like mu and and this sort of thing that actually is cool and new and is 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 like yeah i don't know how to end that sentence but like i'm thinking about like death consciousness in yeah. 2008 being an uh -huh. album that was just like it was on 4chan i suppose it was just online like and spread online to me the the best example is that rapper bones it was a, it was a guy people like made fun of him at first but then grew as this happens to me all the time like stuff that you make fun of a lot or time periods that you hated living in at the time you look back on very fondly mm -hmm. um there's a guy this is sort of not this is like an afterword it doesn't really conclude your thought it's like when a movie ends and like, well, afterward there's a completely different abstraction there's a guy no mm. and bass and like industrial dub yeah i might say he's my favorite musician on ilf um but it, it, it's sort of an extension shit what is his username oh, yeah i gotta I, 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 i've been preaching his work for a, a while it, but again, it's sort of like unassuming, not manufacturing. I, you know, I'm not saying he's popular or anything, but I'm sure he just like unassumingly posts his album. Like, yeah, maybe you listen, maybe don't. So they get a guy with a Frank Hooker avatar, like, dude, <laughs> this is so good. Black and Soul is another one of my favorite Ilf musicians. If people haven't checked out his stuff, very black and dark, ambient, very textured, cool stuff. One of his albums oh, actually has awesome. a song that was one of my favorite of one seventeen. Oh shit, that's awesome. We have a I lot of talented that. people on here, but Bitch Definitely. Pudding is always in a cool band, like always. Yeah, He's just a great guitar player. Um, I I really just like him playing like videos on Instagram or whatever, just showing off his guitars because he he like carries himself in a way I would never like play guitar in front of other people. If it wasn't for a joke or like feeling Dude, like shit, yeah, you know, I, I'm Whereas glad he you seems said to it have first. fun doing it, which is awesome. <laughs> That's the word. There's like a playfulness to what he does, and it's yeah. so natural. What was I saying about cohesive gear structures? Like people that have gear that is, it's not like the trendiest thing, it, but it's so, it's just an extension of them. He's a great, his shed is a great example of that. Yes, very much. Trying to find this guy. Um, I had a moment at a certain point that felt kind of weird. I guess maybe it was a, a poster. I remember the avatar, but uh, who's in the band Florist? Do you know them? I don't remember. No, no. But they're an 
Elf poster, but like from way before. I don't think they post very much anymore. But I saw someone who was just like this kind of cool person Instagram poster who's a friend of a friend and like posts about movies and clothes or whatever. And she just posted like a link to Florist. And I was like, oh shit, that's uh, so funny. Like I remember them from this music board. Yeah. Oh, actually. I just stumbled on uh, Phosphine Audio's album cover, and I'm going to listen to that later because it looked cool. He makes pedals. Mm. And I'm going to yeah. check out his band. And microphones, I think. No? Oh, probably. I think I'm so. Wrong. Where are you? Yeah, you'd like this too. I mean, not as like essential as... And not to mention two of my friends that I'm really close with, uh, Ibarakishi and Olin, are... You know, superbly talented. Mm. Um, I'm sure. Algonoid band is Vidrit is like one of the best guitar players I know. Like hands down, is just a riff machine. And yeah, I saw some of his early YouTube make very much like recorded music, but he's just yeah one of the best guitar players. You should come to Oslo if you get the chance. I was planning to this year, believe it or not, but then COVID hit and that, you yeah. know, that idea fell as, as I'm going to take like, if I do go, I'm taking like two weeks off work just because I've been to, yeah, Ken told it. me, he's like, he's like, you're not going to have time to see any of the sites. We, like you're in that room for more or less three days straight. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> where the heck you is go it? to the mausoleum, get to go to the shitty shop and buy Hey, you and I are. I, I see you're. You and I are looking at the same thing because it shows you who's browsing at the same time. Yeah. Oh, excellent. This is gonna um, bother me. Well, I think you're gonna you can't like be looking it, for like, things. Yeah, but it, you can send it to me later. Or, yeah, I will do that. I, I just wanted to yeah. say to the the three people. I'll comment in the thread for the three people listening. If you like drum and bass and Venetian snares, a guy on your very own forum makes excellent. I don't use that word lightly. Excellent drum and bass. That's good to know. You, you, you're going to have to send that to me. So we talked about uh, line six. Dutch pants. Yeah. I guess I'm going to have to investigate on my own. <laughs> Dude, I think I, think I want to add an addendum to this. To like, yeah. If there's a Dutch person listening, he's probably a cool person. I know who... <laughs> Dutch people on iPhones. I'm sure you have great pants. But, like, I gotta add a little disclaimer is that, like, the area that my family in the Netherlands are from is, like, there's more cows than people. Which is, <laughs> you know, they, it's, it's not commonly associated to the Netherlands because it's so small, but it's, like, you know, mostly agricultural. And, or at least where my grandparents are from, and you know, there the pants and the shoes. Like they walk in, in wooden shoes. You know, it's just not, maybe it's not comparable to Amsterdam, is what I'm saying. So when I was in Amsterdam, I saw it was like the most lofty bike crash I ever saw. I don't know how to, <laughs> I, I know it sounds like a, a contradiction, but it was like, the most anticlimactic bike crash I've ever seen in my life. It, and it, it's so funny. It was almost like a slapstick movie. Like they both saw each other coming and it's just like, 
Oh no, I'm gonna crash. One, two, three. Yeah. Yep, here it goes. <laughs> they crashed, but it wasn't there was like imagine watching a crash without force. Yeah, yeah. No, but I've been in those bike bike crashes. It happens from time to time. Like a someone like crash. you can stand still and like someone's just like kind of drifting into you. But I you know what? Can we set like uh, covers for these podcasts? We could what do you be... mean, like a thumbnail? Yeah, exactly. It could I think be so. like when I broke my tooth on um, on a like after a bike crash that was the, one of the most stupid. It was a lofty bike crash, but it was like a single person lofty bike crash. I had just had too much to drink, and I when I stopped, I didn't put my feet down, so you know, I just fell over. <laughs> And hit my face <laughs> on the curb, and my teeth just went everywhere. Oh no, know? I'm not laughing at that. I would never wish that on anybody. And oh. then I, I no, it was just one tooth, a little bit of the other one. But no, but like, even so, I mean, ah, oh, it sucked. But like, uh, and afterwards, I like snapped a friend with my other friend, and uh, it just said, "Ha ha, I broke my tooth." And like they have that image saved for some reason. It's fucking idiotic, but yeah, I got it fixed. I found I found uh, the guy. By the way, we'll go back to your tooth. But the user's name is More Dive Bombs. I sent you the link. His project's called Wolfen on Bandcamp. Great stuff. All right, all right, cool. Finally, conclusion. So I had a thing. Oh yeah, I know that guy. He's not already right. Uh, it changed. He used to be as like it. It almost looks like the picture of the culprit in season one of True Detective, the guy with the spaghetti face. Oh shit! I love that oh, show. It, and oh, the I mean, other two seasons suck so hard. I'm gonna politely disagree with you on that. Politely. The third one is okay. I the think the third one. one no. The third one. All right. So so the second one, I'm gonna. I see where you're coming from. The third one, I would advise you give it another chance. It really, I think, perhaps I think the, third the one was okay. The characterization, it's not as good as the first. yeah, I'll, I'm I'll with you there. The, char- yeah. the characterization is not as strong as season one, but where it excels is it expounds upon themes illustrated in season one, and that is the nature of of time as it goes on when there aren't conclusions to a case. I thought the third season excelled right. on that. The, the, what's, the, what's the thing? What's the name of the Salvador Dali painting? The Persistence of Time or the Something of Time? It reminds me of that. Uh, how yeah, yeah. T- essentially time being like a slippery concept because we all time travel, right? I, I don't mean literally, but like mm. whatever you call it. I call it memory hopping. We all go to those places right. again. And it's wait definitely this makes a lot of sense. I buy this, and that's what I think. Season three excelled at what with the the yeah. character having dementia, the case not being solved, and that not solved case being an extension of other facets of their life that didn't have closure. And that the show is called True Detective. That this might be like a thing that actually is very much part of not solving cases. And like the thing. yeah, I can see that. I, I, I buy it now, and I like season three a bit more, and I dislike season two a bit more now. Because it's like, <laughs> it, 
that one is just like the the how cool the characters in the first season were was because they were like kind of fucked up and stuff but they were fucked up in like a way you could you could buy in a way yeah it wasn't too anti-hero-y i'm with you but like the second one just leaned into that so hard and it was just but i thought i i on paper i agree with you right they're they're doing the whole like He's a cop, but he's a crooked cop and an alcoholic. <laughs> but I think where it excelled with that characterization is they actually conveyed how tortured the characters are. Like Alan Farrell's Ray Valcoro, in my opinion, is a great performance. And I know this got a lot of flack, but Vince Vaughn as the mobster, also a great performance, in my mind, because they showed how it wasn't, I'm going to use the word pageantry again, it wasn't torture for the sake of pageantry. Like, I thought they really conveyed how hurting those characters were. Yeah, but why, though? Like, because he was divorced? He had no, like, I don't No, I no, no, no. Like, Ray's, he didn't really do anything yet. No. Ray, Ray's wife was, uh, you know what? Nobody watched season two, so I don't even care about no. spoilers for those listening. His wife was She raised. was murdered. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then he went to to give ret- to have retribution for the perpetrator, and it broke up his marriage. It was it was it was a combination of the trauma and the fact that she she thought her husband, albeit doing it for retribution, was a monster, and it just completely. Yeah. And because of the rape too, she had a son. And then he couldn't see the son because of the divorce. Yeah, right. And because of the retribution, the only reason he was able to get retribution is because he got a tip from those mobsters, which he would convince on. So right. it was almost like a tip completely destroyed his life because then he was in debt with the mobsters, right? And it just completely unwound him as a soul. I suppose. It was like, I'm sorry. I I don't mean to like get. I that's why I preface with I'm politely disagreeing. It's not one of those. I see. I can see how people like it. The thing is, like that story kind of has to convince you, in a way. And I think at the time I just thought it didn't, because like, you can't just hammer on about the most awful possible shit happening as a like tool to make the audience like like the characters or feel anything towards any anyone which i i find is a thing that often turns me off of movies like when they just make it so awful that you're supposed to like the characters or feel for them in some way because otherwise you're a bad person or whatever but like i find that that less and less convinces me of things and more and more makes me feel like yeah this didn't happen and like i don't necessarily care about it like this is not like people aren't daily heroes they don't sacrifice themselves most people are losers as losers i think that's that's more but i don't know that's that's that might be me that might be I, I don't. I don't disagree with you as with these things as concepts. I truly don't. I think in this particular case, what differentiates the Ray Valcora character is yes, they hammered on about like, oh, this was bad that happened, but also this was bad it happened. But what differentiates it is it gave you some other ingredient in tandem with the piling on of bad stuff. 
this was a guy who was trying to do good. And the way that he perceived what he was doing good was actually harmful to those around him. So there was like... But isn't that always the case? uh, I don't think so. The main character is always driven by a good motive. I'm talking about like like the micro moments though. Okay, yeah, I see. Like his son was bullied, so he beat the shit out of the dad of the kid that bullied his son because he thought he was like trying to and he, he murdered his wife's rapist because he thought it was retribution. He thought there was this sense of uh, what made him different was he didn't want that life. He didn't, which I guess it's your point. Isn't that the case always? Um, this is, I, look, I don't, I, I, I know you're the same way. Like we don't need to agree with each other. I'm just trying to like articulate so you see where I'm coming from. No, I, I think I, I, I don't mind that people like it. It's just, at the time oh. <laughs> I was watching it, I think, yeah, I don't have a big hatred for it. Like, if you came and said that you really love Hillbilly Elegy after me watching that yesterday, <laughs> I'd have a, pro- a bit more of a problem. Like, my God, that movie sucked. <laughs> like, it's just about a guy who wants an internship. Like, no, it's not. It, it's, it's, it, did you watch it yet? No, no, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, I'm curious to what you have to say. It's, so this is this guy from Ohio. He's this big hillbilly who doesn't know how to use forks and knives when he ends up with the fancy people who somehow got into Yale Law School and he wants to be like a successful person. And like it's all about like him trying to help his mother with her things and then it flashbacks to his childhood all the time. But he's under really much tension because he needs to go to an interview for an internship, for like a summer internship. And like, it's just, it's like, just genuinely upsetting how bad that movie is. But it's trying to be so nice and like, uh, oh, look at this. White people can do identity politics too. And like, it's just. <laughs> It's just so bad. It's like, there's not a single likable thing about it. It kept me up a little bit, and because I was like waking up my girlfriend, going like, "This was also bad with the movie." And I was just like, "Go to sleep." I like the visual of you poking her, like, "Hey, I I got something really important to say." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate those movies too, though. Like the Green Book was... is a uh, is a great example of the. It's basically like a white person learning not to be racist. Like, oh, these guys are people too. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. It's yeah. so inadvertently racist most of the time. Oh, yeah. And Vigo Mortensen learns like, uh, actually, this was a come town bit, by the way. When yeah. <laughs> Nick Mullen was doing, uh, like, oh, hey, they have families too. <laughs> like, <laughs> My favorite podcast, I, uh, I definitely would not recommend it for most of the people on the forum. Probably like 98%, quite frankly, of the people in the forum, I would not recommend this one for. I think there's definitely people that I would recommend it to on the though. But it is definitely an acquired taste. You know how much money they make? Much, I suppose. They make a lot. Yeah. I, I I didn't know if you know like people a lot um people don't know, and off their Patreon, dude. This really goes to show, 
this is really the theme of this podcast is you can't manufacture cool. It's no, it's yeah. because if you took that podcast on paper, it should have been canceled ages yeah. ago, <laughs> ages ago, let alone being, uh, in the neighborhood of $36,000 per month. No, that's not true. It makes, uh, it makes $60,000 per, per month. You know what, though? I love the idea of, like, some executives going, like, have you heard about this thing called Town? We need to have our <laughs> hosts talk about being gay with their dads more, you know? <laughs> like, this is what we're going to do. Like, we're going to have all of the shows just about that. <laughs> oh, my God. It is so... Some like of the, I, I, I think Nick it, Mullen, but for mainstream audiences, <laughs> Nick Mullen encapsulates a sense of humor that is sort of a time capsule in and of itself. Like the, those early, uh, are we the same? We're the same age, right? I'm 30, but I just turned, no, I didn't just turn 30. I turned 30 in May, but I turned 27. So, I mean, that's a, that's a little difference in terms of like, um, yeah, years, yeah, I suppose, you know, but it's a big difference because you might be talking about cultural milestones when you were exactly. 15. It, it's not yeah. big now, but you know, what I was watching in 2000 when I was a freshman in high school was very different than what you were. Yeah. Um, I think it encapsulates a sense of humor that like people do crave though. Like the 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 sort of it, a lot of the time what's that? The stupid and like it, not for the really purpose is. of feeling better, but to laugh. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, like my favorite, my favorite bit by them is Michael Penis. That's the name of the bit. <laughs> where, where I'll send you the link. I I can't tell you how yeah. many times I've read. By the way, if uh, for those listening, if you ever get into an argument with me on the internet, I want you to remember this. You're arguing with a guy whose favorite bit. Is called Michael Penis. Just so we're clear, <laughs> I'm not a smart. I'm not the guy you want to skirmish with. I'm not a smart man. It's iron does yeah. not sharpen iron in this case. <laughs> like, <laughs> just to be clear. Yeah. Um, why did we come up? Why did that come up though? Oh, it's because we were talking about these inadvertently racist movies. Yeah, it's just yeah. I don't know. It's like what. Slavoj Žižek sometimes says is like I don't know like no I, I, yeah it's it's like you know um, if you like he's he said uh, and it, it, this is him being anecdotal I guess he's like well my Native American friends they say that they don't want they hate that term like Native American that they much rather it be like Indian because at least that acknowledges the the europeans own fucking stupidity they thought they were in india you know and it the the contempt i suppose is 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 similar like uh, you know a bunch of white people talking about how should we possibly do to um, to make it right by the native americans and stuff but then you know also say that fucking four faces whatever they're called in south dakota and then uh, is like a great monument to something important. Oh, Mount Rushmore. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah, I, I haven't even been there. The US. It's, it's, it's weird, dude. It's like, it's surreal. It's so strange. 
it's like uh, uh, it, 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 I was there very early in the morning and there's this it, like I'm making this document I, I guess when Kent were talking about the documentary when I drove through to the United States and there's this really funny moment where I'm standing there at six in the morning looking over Mount Rushmore and Inum's just like slowly in frame this like sweeper thing with like this really heavy set American fella on it just like slowly passing in the camera through the it's hilarious oh it's awesome (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm visualizing it (laughs) yeah and it's like a beautiful sun like you know um, what's it called the sunrise over Mount Rushmore weirdest fucking monument on earth it's like silhouetted what? Like the sun? Which way is it facing? I I, I didn't know if that was what you're trying to say with the sunrise. Uh, if it's still uh, the mountain, I don't know. It's just like er, It's like early in the mountain morning, and like there's beautiful light. Yeah, like it's serene. But in comes this like cleaner guy who's just that's his job. You know, <laughs> it's six in the morning doesn't give a fuck about people <laughs> making a movie or whatever. He's just trying to clean up the thing before all the tourists come. Jurassic but, yeah. I, so, no, similar to this, and this, I, I was thinking of if Jurassic Park did in fact exist in the real world, the people just like showing up to work hungover, like, oh, these dinosaurs, Jesus Christ, like, yeah, <laughs> I think, which the movie this... actually did address. I was pretty impressed. They had like two characters that were definitely there just as like their day job. But it's such a it's such an easy character to to make, like the person who hates their job. Like it's it, most people find it funny because most people can relate to it. Not that they necessarily hate their own jobs, but that they know someone who hates their job or hated a job in their teens or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with you. It is. Round this off, by the way. I think we're oh, I, I, I don't know about you. Hours. I got nowhere to be today, so if you want to keep talking, we can. If not, I get it too. <laughs> I get either I think, way. Uh, I'm good. I gotta, I gotta have dinner. It's, it's closed on nine, I suppose. Then I don't let's know. Do a, let's do other... a part two at some point, like I don't know, like a month. Yeah, or so. for sure, for but sure. Yeah, I, I could great. talk to you all day, my friend. So, no, I could definitely, I could definitely go on. And there's several things we haven't really talked about. Us yeah, being musically the same <laughs> is definitely something you could get more into. So uh, we didn't talk about dear the, listeners, the significance, uh, the significance, significance of the Chase Blizz Fuzz Factory. Like we should oh, talk shit. about that. We should. Yeah, the it, fuzz it, it could be part is, two. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So all, all right. this shit is coming up, and also I had a one-liner that like I don't think anyone nowadays really likes acid music except the people who gas for or has gassed for a three hundred three. But I don't know if that's true. I'm going to politely true. disagree with that. I am a, a fan of Acid House. Um, All right, cool, cool. I kind of want that. Oh, but man. But then you really want the 303. That, I, that, Dude, you know what? You're absolutely hang. right. You are yeah. absolutely right. Like, I don't have any of my sins here yet. And the Behringer TB303 is so cheap. It you is. You get one used it for like 90 so bucks. Yeah. Ah, I might look at that today. This is embarrassing. It's cheaper than a Volca. Like, Just seriously. Like, I must say I like Acid more after like exploring the possibility of getting a 303 clone 
but I got a link for you. I'm sending. I I think you would appreciate so, this person's music regardless. But they sampled some Acid House. For those listening, I'm I'm finding Nils a track. DJ Sprinkles. It's off the album Queerification and Runes. One of my favorites, by the way, is uh, DJ. Oh, cool. First, here's the first. You know what? I might not find this quickly, but I'll send it to you regardless. Uh, there, no, I, I found it. Brilliant. Oh, excellent, excellent, excellent. Yeah, lots of cool acid samples in here, and I don't know if you like Deep House. I'm a huge fan, but uh, this is one of the best. In my I like opinion. Deep House. Yeah. Uh, you want to round it off then? Um. Yeah. Like, uh, thanks for listening, and all. Of this will be expounded on in part two of our podcast. Yes. Yeah, but it also mainly, I mean, fuck everyone listening. It was just really fun talking to you. At, you know what? And that's the thing that I want to say for those that are like, oh, no one wants to do a podcast with me. Literally, ask anybody that you think is interesting. Like I've been wanting yeah. to do this with Nils for literally years. Just yeah, ask. we have screenshots from twenty eighteen. That just yeah. didn't happen. So anyone you cool. think, and this is this is the beauty of it. Make friends yeah. on the forum. You're there because of you have similar interests. Yes. That's all I got. Like, <laughs> yeah, unlike the people you went to school with who all suck, but you like are friends with. No, I love my friends. My friends are great. I, like I'm... but to your point, if you think someone's interesting on the forum that you have mutual interests with. Perhaps you'll have a three-hour conversation with them the first time you speak. Like, what just happened now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it's a good, it a- it's a like a good um, stand-in for like going to the pub. I think. Oh, true. Yeah. Like just chatting with someone about just chatting away. You know, that's good. I have like real no, I have no real intention of editing this. If you're cool, I mean, we should probably do a listen through once, but uh, there was no, there was the no audio? pauses. No, uh, I, I, no, I'm, even I'm the gonna, breaks I'm... went smooth. Like you peed in the bottle, I just muted myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, sir, absolute, absolute pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. And I'll stop the recording there. Talk to you soon. Bye. Yeah, talk to you soon. Excellent. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, I haven't let... There we go.